Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag Free, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this, this. is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over depression. <laughs> Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot? Out here in the fields, I fought for my meals. Nobody can deny the impact of climate crises. Nobody intelligent can deny the impact of the climate crisis anymore. Just look around, around the nation and the world for that matter. Historic floods, intense droughts, deadly wildfires, wildfires that have caused serious damage. Well, I haven't had the occasion to go to East Palestine. I was thinking whether I'd go to East Palestine this week, but I then was reminded I've got to go literally around the world. It's going to be a while. We're making sure that East Palestine has what they need. I doubt it. You are fake news. That was four days ago, five days ago. Very fake news. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. You suck. Fuck you. Jeez. I will eat your ass. That's a big game, man. I'll do it. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly. The very best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Bat and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hey. My technical sources hey. inform me the Rumble stream failed to launch. And oh, no. circumstances considered, uh, I think I'm going to sacrifice. I, I could diagnose that and probably spend 10 minutes fixing that and then delay the stream for everybody else. Given the circumstances, which we'll get to in a moment, I am going to uh, make the executive decision to say sorry about the live stream on Rumble tonight. I will make the show available on Rumble later. Uh, and if anybody in the audience can help maybe some lost or misguided rumble souls find their way to that news and potentially to the live stream elsewhere, that would be uh, appreciated. Anyway, um, happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. Enjoy your rest and relaxation. And uh, personally, please enjoy it for me, because as we'll discuss momentarily, I, I consider this some sort of divine retribution for my laughter at Blonde's false AIDS diagnosis. No. <laughs> I've had what is a reasonably serious health episode this entire last week and into the weekend. Don't worry. Yeah, here. why are you calling it your health scare? It's it's real. Uh, it is real. Yeah, there's definitely real components. I'm here in the chair. I'm going to be fine. I will share those details momentarily. Why aren't you freaking out? You should be freaking out. Blonde's trying to elevate my heart rate, but she can't do it. 45. In the, in the news that actually matters, supposedly. Two January Sixers receive the second harshest prison sentences to date for the events of that day. 15 and 17 years in federal prison. Their sentences enhanced by the judge because they qualify as 
quote-unquote terrorism or terrorism enhancements under federal sentencing guidelines and federal law. What exactly was the terrorism component for their actions? We'll discuss. Uh, Joe Biden over the weekend tours the hurricane damage in Florida and says it's obviously the climate crisis that explains it. And then when asked, hey, uh, since you're doing tours of disaster areas, you check out East Palestine, Ohio. And Biden said, well, I thought about it, but I got I got very, very busy with all that beach lounging. You sent me this story this morning. Uh, New York Times fairly detailed investigation about some new evidence, well, revealing some new evidence in what is this decade old mystery of cartel kidnapping and really mass murder in Mexico. The real story is that New York Times actually did some legitimate journalism. It's a it's a pretty <clears throat> interesting and damning piece. I would say the corruption is shocking. Then again, we're dealing with the cartel in Mexico, so maybe I should expect such things. You hear that new Trattist? <laughs> so we're calling out listeners by name now. huh? That's I thought that was name. I thought that was a, a hypothetical. He's not really doing that. Oh, anyway. didn't he call in on Wednesday and say he's actually doing it? Yeah, if you have no idea what we're talking about, that's because uh, <clears throat> you don't listen to the Wednesday stream like Nor a same person. Nor should you. Anyway, so uh, we have a pair of uh, of hoax hate cases. They still can't find the Indian kids' dead bodies in Canada, despite years of insisting there was a genocide at these Catholic schools. They can't dig them up, and they actually tried to dig them up this time. And finally, a guy in Alabama just revives the old classic. The good old-fashioned broken swastika and misspelled racial slur spray-painted on his home and his car. It's been so long since we've had just the staple hoax hate. And since I've had something of a rough week, it's nice to get a little bit of those, a, a comfort story like that to, uh, to finish up the week. They can't find the mentally challenged Nazi who did it, if you're curious, too. He's still on the loose. And before we get out of here, tonight's movie is Spaceballs. So stick around. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good. Low down money grabbers with the exception of Rumble, of course. Again, if you can help us in finding those Rumble people to come on over, that is uh, hugely appreciated. But it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristiansenmedia.com of course listener support is hugely appreciated and it is what keeps the show operational so if you enjoy the show please consider supporting the show we also have show merchandise for sale on the site plus we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well this week's feature business is our friends at Kenio Mountain Woodsmithing these are high-quality, handmade, premium hardwood cutting boards, charcuterie boards, serving trays, and more, all constructed with the materials and craftsmanship to last a lifetime. And the best part about Kineo Mountain's work, it's all customizable, not just in the selection of the materials and the shapes and the colors, but in custom engraving, too. Blake at Kineo Mountain made me a cutting board engraved with my very own channel logo, and it looks incredible. It's a one-of-a-kind personalized addition to our family kitchen that we use nearly every day, and it hasn't aged a bit. And don't forget, Kineo Mountain can handle all sorts of woodworking, from small <laughs> table trays to big furniture projects. So if you're looking for a personalized gift for someone special or bigger items to customize your home, make it fine hardwood craftsmanship from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, the absolute highest quality woodworking that will last you forever. Check them out at kineowood.com. That's K-I-N-E-O wood.com. And of course, listeners of this show get 10% off all Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing products and services using promo code MAT10 at checkout 
That's promo code MATT10 for 10% off everything from Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing. You can find everything you need from our friends at Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Western Razor Company, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners, for listeners, and don't forget, Hero Soap, of course, has signature soaps from yours truly, as in both Blonde and myself. Uh, we have Old West and Timberline designed by me, and then we have uh, Oat Plus Almond designed by Blonde. You can check those out at uh, HeroSoapCompany.com, promo code MCLISTENER. For 10% off. Find more information at MattChristensenMedia.com slash deals as well. Before I get into... Feel okay? What? Feeling okay? Is everything okay? I'm not out of breath yet. Although I I do have to monitor myself for shortness of breath. Anyway, before I get to, uh, you know, what what is uh, a a bad condition for me, apparently. uh, Mm -hmm. Son's second birthday over the weekend. That was a lot of fun. Oh my God, he's so big. Uh, My son, Calvin, second birthday yesterday and uh mom made him a construction site cake with with tonka trucks and uh that's just because like all little boys he loves big trucks heavy equipment it's it's fun to watch because we're supposed to believe that those sorts of things are uh social conditioning you know he's only it's only social expectations that have made a young boy like like trucks uh nope my (laughs) his mom and me we have never conditioned him to like trucks in any way he loved the very first truck he ever saw he has loved every truck he's ever seen since then and so he got it well that's heteronormative something something yeah but uh she did all the work with the oreo crushed oreo cookie dirt and the trucks to move them around and yeah it was it was a good day uh he looks so happy he looks just like you i (laughs) it seems that uh i i may have dominated this particular genetic contest i don't know we will see. He looks pretty Culkin-y. <laughs> I had the same, the same uh, bright blonde hair when I was when I was his age. So we'll see how that gets darker as he ages. I'm sure it would, uh, or it will rather. Um, another, a couple announcements here. Due to a variety of events, uh, the call-in show is going to be on a little bit of a hiatus for the month of September. You're going on your Japanese vacation. Mm. We're going to see some family next week. Um, so there's no uh, this week, rather. There's no call-in show this week, September 6th. When you're gone in Japan, September 20th and 27th, no call-in shows. There will be one on the 13th. So another way to phrase that is we will have one call-in show Wednesday, September 13th for the month of September. Sunday shows will carry on as normal. You're going to be gone on the 24th. Frank will fill in. So if you... Get confused about the show schedule for the month. You're looking for a particular thing that isn't there. All notifications will be over on the website, maddies.gay or madchristiansandmedia.com. On Bible study, likewise, due to some developments for, for me and for Robert, the Bible study leader, we have to delay Bible study. Was going to start on the 15th. We're going to delay it now two weeks, Friday, September 29th. Likewise, there have been some complicating factors. Robert and I want to make sure that the study starts out right without complications or interruptions. Uh, So it will be September 29th. That's Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We'll resume the one-hour weekly Bible study, this time starting with Genesis for a few weeks, and then we'll move into Acts. And as always, you can join the study uh, through the live Zoom call, and there is an interactive Q&A segment at the end. You can also listen back to the study in the form of an audio podcast. 
Bible study leader Robert also writes up a summary of each week's lesson on my website to learn anything and everything about Bible study. Head on over to the Bible study page on my website, linked on the homepage, MattChristensenMedia.com. Okay, thanks for bearing with my announcements because the big announcement of this last week and through today is um, I have had, I, I guess, what is probably one of the more severe health episodes of my life, although thankfully I'm a pretty healthy person. I haven't had a lot of severe injury or big time health scares, but throughout, I don't know, for really since I was like a teenager, I've had the occasional calf cramp and I'd get them from overworking the muscle. Since you were a teenager? Yeah. In, in times of stress, commonly I get, Oh my God. <sighs> but th- that this is not what that is. This is, this is distinctly different from anything I've ever experienced, but it's what I thought it was. I would commonly get, uh, like in times of stress, I'd get nocturnal leg cramping, you know, like uh, cramps in your calf. And, you know, there's been some stressful stuff going on late, like just personally, we're making a lot of moves. And so there's a lot of things on my mind that led me to believe I just had, you know, another, another cramping issue. So something like that happened to me on Monday night. I was doing some desk work in the office here before bed. And then I got up to go to the bathroom or whatever I was doing. I could hardly walk. I mean, like I can't put weight on my right leg. So I figured that's weird. And this was Friday. This was Monday night, late Monday night. That was a week ago. (laughs) God's sakes. You sound like my wife. Uh, What is wrong with all you men? (laughs) This happened to me for an hour. I'd be in the ER. You're like, oh, I'm just going to see if it goes away. My leg could have fallen off and be like, I got shit to do. Uh, But I figured I had some kind of calf cramp, even though I didn't have like that kind of acute event where it's like, oh, my God, that's shooting pain. Okay, I guess I just had like a weird phantom calf cramp. Oh, oh well, I poured a hot bath and I tried to loosen it up and it didn't really loosen up and it stayed pretty tense. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, I could hardly walk at all, especially in the morning. Like I had to hop on one foot to the bathroom. And the whole time I'm thinking, well, this is a really strange muscle issue because the calf was tight like it was locked up like it was it was like a 48 hour cramp is what it felt like i'm just gonna monitor it i'm sure it'll ease up i'll stay hydrated it'll be fine well then comes thursday and friday the pain eased a little i'm kind of gingerly walking around but then i start getting some discoloration in the ankle region and some swelling i start to realize well this is not just some calf cramp there's something more severe going on here and so i toughed it out yesterday saturday while doing some research and discovered that my symptoms are completely consistent with a condition known as, or an event known as deep vein thrombosis, or DVT. Uh, in more in more plain terms, this is just a blood clot in the deep veins that typically happens in the legs, just like I was experiencing. The symptoms, of which I had all of them, are severe pain, swelling, discoloration, all of those things. And so because last night before bed, I noticed even more discoloration in my ankle, I decided, you know what? You women are right. I'm going to go to the urgent care clinic in the morning. And I get to the urgent care clinic and the urgent care nurse looked at it and she says, uh, well, it's a holiday weekend. I can't do any blood work on you on a timeline before Tuesday. So I advise you go to the ER at the hospital. She looked at it and said, hey, I I, I told her based on what I'm reading, I think this is a, a blood clot. And she looked at it and she said, I don't, I don't really think so. I don't think it is. But go to the ER because I can't do blood work on you. So I did. And then I saw a doctor and he ordered an ultrasound on me. 
And then the ultrasound tech came in and he looked at my good leg and my bad leg for all of like two minutes each. And he said, okay, we're done. And I said, all right, so you, did you find anything? Because of course the purpose of the ultrasound is to find blockages in the blood vessels. He said, oh yeah, yeah, you've got clotting. <laughs> so, so where? Uh, it's from, it's from your knee about down to your ankle. Oh, oh, okay. So the whole lower leg. Yeah. Yeah. This guy seemed like he was high or something, but I, I don't know, but that does make sense. It explains why I was unable to walk, uh, why my calf muscle wouldn't work. So the doctor around noon today prescribed me with some blood thinning medication and, um, and told me to take it easy for a few weeks on the off chance that this clotting breaks off and goes to my lungs or I have some very serious health episode that, yeah, could potentially result in death. I feel Oh my God, fine. you could have died. What is yeah. wrong with you? Well, you, this, wait, you waited, you did, couldn't walk for like a week and then you waited until you had, you, you, you could like palpate the, the blood clots and you had bruising all of your legs and you're like, yeah, I, I mean, better I'm, go to the urgent care. I monitored, uh, you know, my heart rate and, and all that. Like uh, there was no what sign of, do? well, it's, it's just, if I, if I experience shortness of breath or an elevated heart rate or something, that's a sign that you have something more serious. But, uh, but the story's not over. Um, so the, <laughs> I got my diagnosis, uh, DVT, deep vein thrombosis, exactly what I thought it was, but specifically deep vein thrombosis in pregnancy. So please send congratulations. I'm not sure when my due date is or whether it's a boy or a girl, but I'm diagnosed with DVT in pregnancy. Then they sent me, uh, or they, they sent me to go get my prescription and they sent my prescription order to a grocery store in Washington state, north of Portland, Oregon. Instead of Never the grocery store, no connection there. No. And maybe you think, well, did you used to live in Portland? Do you have a connection, a connection to the store or something? No, I've never been there other than the store that I was intending to pick up this prescription at is a chain grocery store that has one store here and one in Washington or not one. They have many throughout the Northwest region of the U S but they sent it to one that's out in Portland, some 800 miles away. And uh, in addition to that, um, I told that urgent care nurse that I first visited, I suspected DVT based on my research. She looked at it and she thought it was unlikely. I was 100% correct. That was an entire waste of time. So just to recap, between the urgent care nurse, the ultrasound tech, the doctor, the nurse who gave me my medication, among other people who asked every question imaginable, I want people to understand this too, because I know you're all thinking a certain question that I'm going to get to in a moment. The question that you're probably thinking out of the hundred questions I took today about my health, my family history, all of that, they never asked me the one question. And you know what the one question they did not ask me is. Yeah, yeah. Are you vaccinated? And they, I, you are. I mean, you're triple, you're quadruple boosted, right? Uh, they never asked me not once. And I got it from my perspective. I think that's awfully odd for someone who's a 35 year old man in otherwise healthy condition. No known underlying conditions. We have a vaccine that is at least known to have some relationship with blood clotting. I know people dispute and debate that connection, but it's there's some connection established. Nobody asked me that out of all of these people. Um, So to summarize, I've been in excruciating, unbearable pain for a week, hardly able to walk. When I finally do go see these nurses and doctors, a combination of them doubted my diagnosis, which turned out to be correct, diagnosed me with a pregnancy condition, 
gave me a prescription to pick up 800 miles away from my home. All while they're all wearing masks, by the way, though, in fairness, maybe that's standard ER practice. I don't know. But the masks are back for many of these people. And not one of them was curious if maybe this guy was vaccinated and maybe if that had anything yeah. to do with it. No, of all you also the, don't have any familial history and you are not sedentary. Don't you get up like every hour? When yeah, I, I do work a desk job, you know, air quotes, but I'm not sitting for hours and hours at a time. I I. I'm an active right. person. I don't I don't like to sit at a desk for hours and hours and hours. I break up my work day. And you exercise a lot and you have a normal BMI. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so why do I bring all of this up? Why do I waste like 15 minutes of your time? First of all, just to clarify, in case I die suddenly, no, I did not get the vaccine. Not one shot, not one booster, not the J&J, not the mRNA, not once. So whatever's going on with me is caused by something else. I did have a crazy infection back in May and June that I personally think might be related, but I can get tested for some more things once this uh, clot clears up in a few weeks. Second, I know I brought this up at the top of the show, but am I facing some kind of karma or divine justice for laughing at your AIDS diagnosis or false AIDS diagnosis? I don't know. No, that was funny. This is not funny. Uh you can make no. I I expect there will be jokes made, and I will I will laugh. Oh at yeah, that. like when I told my husband what was going on because he's just like you. Like he wouldn't go to the hospital unless he yeah. he was dying. What did he say? He's like, so he has deep wang tromboneses. <laughs> I was like, what? Like that's your reaction? <laughs> like what's wrong? Yeah, with we've you? called it similar things around the house. I keep going around just saying I got the bosis, man. Like <sighs> stop giving me a hard time. I got the bosis. You know, um, Dude, your wife must have been freaking the fuck out. Third thing, third reason I bring this up. Obviously, I spent several hours in various medical facilities today. My show prep was a little limited. So you're going to get a little bit of a scaled down, less prepared show tonight. But not really. Well, they had good Internet while I was sitting there waiting for waiting for all these various uh, pieces to come into place. So, yeah, this morning um, he's like, oh, I've got this health thing going on. And then he like listed what was going on. It was obviously very serious. And then he's like. It's fine. Can you do the cartel story? And uh, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? What is don't do the show. Now, you can't. I uh. appreciate the sentiment. And I'm sure there are many who would say, yeah, what are you doing? Like, don't worry about the show. And to that, I would say, well, number one, like the show is important to me for its own sake. And the fact that you were all here for it makes me want to be here for it to the extent that I'm able and I'm able. But the other reason I want to be here for it, if if because we're not doing the call in show this week. If I don't wake up when I go to bed, I don't want any people out there claiming some bullshit about how I secretly got vaccinated. I have to I have to put a stop to that. You got to think like, is this is this vaccine shedding? You brought that up and I was thinking. (laughs) I know. Yeah, that's the other thing. Did some motherfucker shed on me? Who was it? Because this is like common. It's one in a thousand per year, but it's almost exclusively in people that are morbidly obese and older people it's yeah. not super or like pilots or people that like people sit for a long sitting. time yeah. yeah like i couldn't anyway. believe it today i was thinking maybe you had like some crazy bone cancer or something i was actually really relieved when you told me they found blood clots. this can be uh this can be associated with certain chemotherapies and stuff so for that reason it's associated with people who have cancer but i am not undergoing chemotherapy so oh Anyway, I'm sure some more questions uh, will arise about that throughout the duration of the show. 
But for now, uh, we're going to move into the the real news, which, of course, is uh, Tiffany Gomez, the uh, the the famous that motherfucker is not real lady who uh, freaked out on the plane and has since not explained exactly what she saw, only revealing herself publicly to apologize. Well, she is back at the airport. She's back on the airplane. She spoke with a TMZ reporter this week. She was uh, the TMZ caught up with her at LAX after she flew in from Dallas, which probably wasn't all that tough considering she appears to be wearing the exact same outfit and hairstyle as the viral incident, or at least an outfit very close. Are you on the, this Tiffany is not real train. I'm just like, what I don't understand is we're about to hear in a moment. She's saying, well, I've just been trying to lay low. I don't want to be spotted. Lady, why are you wearing your own costume then? If you don't want to, or is it someone who's trying to look like her? I I don't know. Anyway, in case you have, in case you think Tiffany is going to answer any interesting questions, she's going to tell you not just that she won't, but she's been told that she can't. A lot of people are curious, curious. What exactly you saw? We just want to know. Like, you know what? Yeah. What did you see? Um, I mean, thanks for asking that. Um, but I have been told that I cannot comment on it right now. I see. I see. I'm sorry. Are, are you going to have a full kind of interview somewhere? Or like, what's going on? What's the deal? The what's the plan on? The going. I feel like it's going to have to happen. Yeah. Um, so yes, there will be. There's some things in the works, mostly nonprofit charity stuff. We've really been. I've been trying to like lay low for the most part, but. Reporters wouldn't let that happen. So yeah, well, I, like I was somewhat strong-armed into speaking, and uh, now here we are. What was the reason that you wanted to get off so bad? Um, again, can't speak on that right now, but um, I was distressed, and I was getting off the plane no matter what. I just probably didn't need to make the scene that I made. Right, um, right, right. But I was getting off that plane for sure. Well, what the hell is she doing at an airport? Did you already address that? She She's has fine. she okay. has photos on her social media of going to the Dodgers game. I don't. Well, what's she Dude, doing? Is she, in, is she going to make this into some kind of like nonprofit charity event? Because if that happens, then I'm going to think that from the get go, this was some like very strange viral marketing campaign. I, I will tell you. Um, so I, I have some questions for Miss Gomez here. Um, first of all, who who's telling her that she can't comment? Who is her boss? That's very interesting. And maybe you think, well, come on, you're being unfair. She just she has business to tend to. She doesn't want this sort of public scrutiny. Just leave her alone. Okay, I can hear her saying I want privacy and people are kind of hounding me about this. But if you want privacy, why did you launch a brand new social media presence after the incident, which she has? Um, Why does your website solicit media inquiries and interview opportunities, or at least why did it initially, even though it doesn't really now, there is still a form if you dig on it, but there's a place to ask for it to make media requests on her website. If you're trying to lay low, why have you set that up after the fact that was not pre-existing? And based on sending a message to that particular box to see if I could get some of these questions answered, um, why is she now represented by an L.A. branding agency that wants to screen all questions before they are allowed to be asked? If she wants privacy, why do they want to engage in some major conference with people who would like to ask good faith questions about what happened here? Um, what's going on in L.A.? Don't know. I do know there's an L.A. branding agency involved. 
That's kind of weird. There's um, not much mystery here, I don't think. So, and if you go to her website, I don't have it pulled up right now, but it has her original apology video. And then it says, stay tuned. You know, See? mysteriously, stay tuned. Okay, if you want privacy, you don't want to be hounded. Why are you asking me to stay tuned? For what are you asking me to stay tuned if you want me to leave you alone? I don't know what's going on here. Um, this this has uh, the original incident was mysterious enough, but the response to it, I, I can't figure out either. So. I don't know, um, maybe someday she'll answer not just my questions, but these questions in general. And we'll see where it goes, if the L.A. branding agency will allow it. Man, I think this is a grift. It, or I mean, even if it is a good faith uh, quote unquote grift for a charity like she's not getting personally rich but she wants to raise money for a charity maybe uh, it does seem like there's a financial component involved you're right uh, I'm, I'm sure you saw the Gadsden flag kid this week right I did my teacher not- was a world class bitch <laughs> I'm not breaking any news, of course, by talking about him. But um, but the update to the story is that the school has indeed backed down. In case you missed the original story in Colorado Springs, a seventh grader named Jaden was banned from class for wearing a Gadsden flag patch on his backpack. The don't tread on me flag with the rattlesnake. The, uh, it's a historical flag from the American Revolution. It's called the Gadsden flag because it's named after Christopher Gadsden, a South Carolina delegate to the Continental Congress and a brigadier general in the Continental Army. And so Jaden's mother was called into school to speak with a school staff member about the reason that the school district was banning his flag, or at least banning him from class while he has the flag patch on him. So his mom recorded the meeting, and the school staff member said the reason he can't have the Gadsden flag on his backpack is because it has origins with slavery and the slave trade. The reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag displayed is due to its origins with the slavery, slavery and slave trade. The Gadsden flag. The don't tread on me. Okay. Which is the Gadsden flag. Okay. What's going to happen if he doesn't take it off? He, I mean, he is able to go, I was actually just telling him, like, I was upset that he was missing so much school. I'm like, ah, so... I asked if can he just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to class. Like, I just want him to go back to class. The bag can't go back. It's got a patch on it because we can't have that in and around other kids. Yeah, it has nothing to do with slavery. That's like the Revolutionary War patch that was okay. displayed when they were fighting the British. Like, that wasn't, that's the revolution. Maybe you're thinking of like the, um, the Confederate, pe- or Confederate flag. <laughs> okay, I, so. I am just here to enforce. Yeah, I am here to enforce the policy that was provided by the district. You're right. There was a lot of this. If you're listening to the show, you can't see the hand gesture. But what is that about? What is also her face? It's like just self-involved and like she has all the answers. She doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. She just wants to enforce rules because it makes her feel good about her life. I I think you're right. I think she. Uh, based on that exchange, it sounds like I'm not even convinced that she has a personal opposition to the flag herself. It's just that she's the the messenger for the people that do. And she whatever the rules are, the rules are. And I will enforce them no matter how absurd or contradictory or hypocritical. Cool mom, though. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like it it uh, 
It worked. Of course, the premise is preposterous. The Gadsden flag has no more connection to slavery than the American flag itself does. Um, not to mention one might question how consistent the, the rule is actually enforced. I I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing if a, if a student walked around with a rainbow flag patch on his backpack, probably not an issue. Black Lives Matter fist on the backpack, probably not an issue. There is a, this photo was circulating. Jaden looking at one of the teachers who disciplined him political bumper stickers on the car. That's just fine. I'm going to guess that it's conservative or libertarian views associated with American history that are getting unique punishment here. But um, the, the school's uh, move to ban the flag from the classroom was met with overwhelming opposition and criticism, including even from Colorado's Democrat Governor Jared Polis or Polis, however you pronounce it. And so as of Tuesday, the school board backed down and they issued a statement saying, uh, you know, we respect the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, ordered liberty that all Americans have enjoyed for 250 years. Jaden can go back to class. He's free to attend class with his Gadsden flag patch. Um, Lessons to take here. Number one, don't give in to the pressure. You don't have to do what they tell you. You can push back. And if they force you into one of these meetings, one of these struggle sessions, uh, hit the record button. You know, I bet without that recording, this policy never gets reversed. Yeah, what's going to happen to this twat teacher, though? Nothing. Probably nothing. She'll uh, probably get tenure in a few years and, and everything will be fine. She probably already Nothing's going to happen to her. Yeah. yeah, but we need to be we need to be forcefully getting these people out of the educational system, ah, right? The old reverse, uh, the old reverse cancellation, counter cancellation. Yeah. Like somebody's life is going to get ruined for them going crazy on a plane, but like we can't ruin her life. We can't use the forces of internet autism to ruin this teacher's life. <laughs> uh, I think there were some forces at play. I don't know if they ruined anyone's lives, but I think there was some deep dive digging into some of the people involved here. Um, I, I should say when you record the meetings, check the laws in your state. I don't mean to uh, encourage right. any yeah. potentially illegal behavior, but where legal, uh, yeah, you should certainly do this stuff and um, you should publish the recording where you have it. And if you happen to be a person who gets this sort of recording and would like assistance in publishing it, I am always happy to uh, take a look at them. Not that you true. Know, true. I'm not trying to encourage conflict. I just, I'm trying to discourage this sort of behavior by, School administrators, bosses, all sorts of people in positions of power. I see you're going to make me watch this Mitch McConnell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how can we not? Because uh, it's painful. How weary, why, why do I not have my... I don't even have the story in here. My show, like I said, my show prep was uh, clearly very poorly done. All right, whatever. I don't have any Mitch McConnell hey buddy, story. Hey, buddy, you feeling here. okay? How's your leg? Um, okay. <laughs> it feels fine for now. But... Um, if anybody is having health scares worse than than blonde in me, uh, it is Mitch McConnell, though uh, at 80 years old, a health scare just that that's a, a that's a normal day to day event, it would seem. Um, and maybe Mitch McConnell's are amateur compared to the likes of Dianne Feinstein and John Fetterman in the Senate. But um, of course, at the end of July, Mitch McConnell froze up speaking with reporters at the Capitol. He brushed uh, that off a few hours later, saying he was fine. And he joked with reporters, oh, I told Biden I got sandbagged, <laughs> which was kind of funny because it was a okay. joke about Biden tripping over a sandbag on the at the Air Force graduation. But definitely less funny when it happens again about a month later. And um, he said he was fine a month back. I would hesitate to say he's fine now. Mitch McConnell was again answering questions from reporters. And again, he froze up. And this time they didn't usher him away. They actually tried to just carry on as normal. 
What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh, that's Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? All right, I'm sorry, you all, we're going to need a minute. Okay. Somebody else have a question? Please speak up. Gosh. Oh. Forget that question. We're moving on. Him, you know? New next question. Maybe it's just uh, if you've already established it, maybe it's like anytime I get a tough question, I'm just going to act frozen up so I can get out of it. Although that was not a tough question. Nope. It was just, are you mm -hmm. running again in 2026? Which, if you think about it, that's kind of an answer, isn't it? Um, no, I'm too old is what he said by saying nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you think maybe Mitch should have been removed from that situation instead of taking additional questions, well, don't worry. He was already cleared or he is already cleared. At least capital attending physician, Dr. Brian Monahan medically cleared Mitch to return to work on Thursday in a statement. Monahan uh, Monahan said occasional lightheadedness is not uncommon for a concussion or for concussion recovery. McConnell suffered a concussion in a fall earlier this year. And um, this can also be expected as a result of dehydration, the doctor said. And so if, if you listen to that closely, capital attending physician, Brian Monahan said this, well, Mitch McConnell was not at the Capitol when this happened. He was in Kentucky. So did this doctor even see Mitch McConnell? Well, Monahan, the doctor says he quote unquote consulted with McConnell to clear him. So, one would imagine this consultation was remote, but Mitch, McCon uh, Mitch McConnell was cleared. So this doctor is looking at the same images you and I are remotely saying, yeah, that's that's fine. That's to be expected. Anyway, uh, Senate Olds Watch continues. I don't have much more to say about it beyond that. But uh, do you see <laughs> another update? Last week, we were all wondering what's going to drop first. The yeah. Nashville Transgender Shooters Manifesto, which is back from March, six months ago at this point. Or How did the, this happen? Well, it, yeah, someone leaked it. Or is it going to be the uh, the much more recent Jacksonville swastika on the gun Nazi shooter who, who shot black people at the dollar store last week? Well, it's already decided mostly. We didn't get the full manifesto. And remember, investigators in Jacksonville say that that shooter left three of them, one for his family, one for media, and one for police. Well, somehow by Wednesday, pieces of these manifestos, they were already leaked to Rolling Stone. According to Rolling Stone, the Jacksonville shooter identified a series of potential targets in his writings, including Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. The Jacksonville shooter wrote that he wanted these rappers killed on sight. As far as why? Uh, in some of these shootings, the Jacksonville shooter says that Eminem is characterized not by the the N-word per se, but by the Bernie N-word. You know the one. I am not going to be niggardly. That N-word. As oh, quoted okay. in here, Eminem stared into the abyss, I guess, being N-wordly. Not being an N-word, being N-wordly. Hmm. And the abyss stared back, becoming an N-word. He says uh, Eminem is a valid target and should be killed on sight. Likewise, uh, Machine Gun Kelly is an honorable N-word. And to be killed on sight like Eminem 
because uh, I didn't get a shot at him in Ohio, said the shooter. He's an honorary N-word, not an honorable N-word. Ah, different. Okay. Uh, Speaking of an honorable N-word, though, he also praised Justice Clarence Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, let's... Anyway. uh, He said uh, the shooter or the shooter uh, praised Thomas for being the rare principle uh, principled conservative interpreting law based on the Constitution instead of doing faggy activist shit like the last half century's worth of justices. The shooter wrote. Well, (laughs) get this. He also praised Timothy McVeigh saying McVeigh, quote, now lives in our hearts, which I thought. Did he have blonde ghostwrite this manifesto? All we're look, all we're missing is an Uncle Ted reference and maybe an Uncle A reference, and we're done. But the Uncle A references were on the gun, really. Yeah. Uh, how the information got leaked to Rolling Stone, unclear. No comment from the FBI. The Rolling Stone reached out to the FBI. The FBI had no comment. I'm thinking the FBI is saying we already did have a comment. We gave it to you in the form of the leaking of the manifesto. But even if it wasn't, well, just think for a moment about who would be the leaker here. The only people in possession of these manifestos, as far as I'm aware, the family and law enforcement. I really doubt the family leaked them to Rolling Stone. Why would they? So maybe it's not the FBI, but it would seem like a reasonable assumption that someone in law enforcement in general is the source of this information to Rolling Stone. All right. Uh, last story here before we get to uh, some of the January 6th stuff. Um, uh, if everything goes to plan, we're going to get to watch the Trump trial in Georgia. This will be uh, I don't this will be bigger than the Rittenhouse trial in terms of everybody tuning oh, in. Yeah. To, holy cow. If this if this is the way that it plays out. But per the judge in Georgia this week, um, the the trial in Georgia about the racketeering char- uh, charges that will be televised and live streamed. There will be cameras in the room. This, according to Judge Scott McAfee, overseeing the case on Thursday, the judge said he will allow a YouTube stream and pool coverage for television, radio and still photography will be allowed. The case has not received a trial date yet. And it does remain possible that Trump could seek to have the case removed to federal court, which would remove cameras in the courtroom since federal court doesn't allow them. But as far as I'm aware, the Trump legal team has not even attempted to make that move yet, unless I've missed it. Uh, Former White House Chief uh, Chief of Staff Mark Meadows is trying to get his piece of the case removed to federal court. No decision has been made on that yet. Meadows and the DA in Fulton County, Fannie Willis, they made their arguments on the move to the federal judge overseeing that last week. They finished their arguments on Thursday. It is expected that that federal judge will make a decision on that request soon. In general here, the dispute with Meadows is really the same one that Trump would face. Was the conduct committed part of your official business as an official or a a worker or a part of the federal government? Or were they engaging in behavior and action that was really part of the Trump campaign or part of some sort of personal act or behavior? Fannie Willis and the DA's office in Fulton County is going to say this had nothing to do with the White House and the president of the United States in an official capacity. This had everything to do with campaign work. This had everything to do with personal lobbying, however you want to characterize it. That will be the difference as to whether this case case gets moved to federal court or stays in Georgia. If Trump decides to make such a move, the evaluation would would be the same. 
So we'll see how that plays out. And if he was successful, then uh, we don't get to watch the show. And I, as far as uh, the complete destruction of my country, I very much want to view the show. I want to tune into that stream. Oh, I. Well, uh, speaking of, um, of, of trials and sentencing that we did not get to watch because they are in federal court, uh, a couple more sentences in criminal cases this week from January 6th cases. And um, with how these sentences were handed down, you would think that January 6th was some kind of mass casualty event, not just in terms of the years that these guys were punished with, but in terms of the terms and the language used in court. Joe Biggs of InfoWars and Proud Boys fame was sentenced to 17 years in federal prison on Thursday. That is, again, the second uh, longest January 6th prison sentence to date, second only to Stuart Rhodes, the leader of the Oath Keepers, who was sentenced. uh, I think that sentencing was a little earlier this year, right? But he got 18 years, if I'm not mistaken. And then there's Zachary Rell, the president of Proud Boys Philadelphia, who was sentenced to 15 years in prison on Thursday. And both men um, and others associated with them and with the Proud Boys were convicted on seditious conspiracy charges, just like the Stuart Rhodes Oath Keepers case. Um, and uh, so, so why the harsh sentence? Why are they getting the better part of two decades in prison? Well, because the judge in this case, Timothy Kelly, determined that Biggs and, and Rell actually qualified for a terrorism enhancement in their sentencing. So this is something that exists in federal law or the federal sentencing guidelines. What is a terrorism enhancement in the sentencing? Well, uh, Isn't it broadly, any property destruction, like any kind of federal property destruction, it might as well be, it might as like, yeah. Did you, did you, did you step on an ant on federal property? That's terrorism. I know it's absurd. What this is supposed to mean is did they blow something up with a bomb? Pretty much. Not, yeah. not did they vandalize something minimally? According to the definition that they're working with, terrorism here, as it applies to the sentence, is committing an offense that is calculated to influence or affect the conduct of government by intimidation or coercion or to retaliate against government conduct. So what did Biggs do that was so terroristic? Well, according to the judge, he tore down a fence at the Capitol and stood between police and rioters. Judge Kelly called the destruction of this fence a, quote, deliberate, meaningful step that contributed to the disruption of the electoral vote count. Okay. Uh, Kelly added, quote, when the fence came down, it facilitated the mob in overwhelming law enforcement entering the Capitol and eventually halting the proceedings. So this one fence removal was the catalyst to the entire event of grandmas walking around in places that grandmas shouldn't walk around. That's how we get there. Uh, when Kelly applied the terrorism enhancement, he agreed that Biggs doesn't deserve the title of terrorist, just colloquially. Kelly said, it's not my job to label you a terrorist, and my sentence today won't do that no matter what it is. But he does believe that in pursuit of stricter sentencing guidelines or laws that that mandate that sort of thing, he has to say that the, the destruction of the fence was part of an attempt to intimidate or coerce government out of its official business. Uh, and, and just to clarify here, did either of these men, we'll talk about Rel in a moment. Did either of these, these men, 17 years in prison and 15 years in prison, seditious conspiracy charges, did they actually commit violence against people or is it just this minor property destruction? 
No, especially in Biggs' case. Um, he is alleged to have coordinated people on January 6th, as in he sent people messages about where to go and and uh, meeting up with this person at that place and all that. But there's no allegation either that he committed a violent attack himself or that he encouraged others to behave violently. They just have record of him communicating how people should move and where they should go. Um, other than the fence, uh, there's, there's no allegation of violent, violent behavior that he committed. Seditious conspiracy in layman terms is, is trying to overthrow the government. That's what they're accusing them of doing, or at least to stop government business, to overthrow government business in that way. The evidence in this case for Biggs is, um, is they have him walking around and they have him sending messages to coordinate other people walking around and they have him on destroying a fence that enabled walking around where walking around should not happen. As far as Zachary Rell, he was sentenced to 15 years in prison. He testified at trial that nobody told him to attack the Capitol or hurt anyone, and he did not do those things. Prosecutors presented evidence and showed uh, that showed him pepper spraying a police officer. Rell testified that he does not recall ever doing that. The judge said that the preponderance of the evidence suggested that Rell did spray the officer. But of course, he was never charged with that. The judge uh, accused him of committing perjury for saying, I don't recall doing that when there was apparently some evidence that he did. Uh, even to the extent that he may have, number one, he was not charged with any kind of assault in that way or any kind of battery in that way, like pepper spraying a police officer would bring. Um, and and that is not uh, that's not the component of the terrorism. To the extent they didn't bring that here, uh, they didn't bring that fact into his seditious conspiracy charge. That's not the basis for giving him a terrorist terrorism enhancement on his sentencing. It's just the fact that he was trying to coerce or intimidate the government out of its business. That is the thinking. And um, a lot of people noticed, uh, of course, the the you're going to note, hey, isn't it weird that people who generally walked around in places where they shouldn't and maybe smashed something that they shouldn't granted those are crimes you yeah. can't just destroy property i'm not saying that's fine is it better part of two decades worth of terrorism i have my doubts but a lot of people noting hey isn't it weird that guys who did comparatively minimal crime are getting years and years in prison and then we look back at the 2020 summer of love and the case that was uh, was uh, uh, highlighted in this particular tweet from Matt Walsh was the guy who set fire to the police precinct in Minneapolis, or at least assisted those who did that guy. And they, as far as I'm aware, they pretty much burned down that entire police precinct as the authorities let them do it. And we all remember that famous footage of the police cars leaving the scene. Go ahead, ransack it, go ahead, burn it down. Yeah. A guy who set fire to the Minneapolis police station sentenced to four years. And my initial thought looking at this was, okay, yeah, I mean, that's that's preposterous. But we are talking about different jurisdictions. You know, that you can get sort of goofy results whenever you're talking about crime A over here and crime 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 A in one spot, the same crime, crime A in another spot. You get what I'm saying? Like different laws, different punishments, they can they can come out and uh, different ways. Then I looked into this case and I, and I realized this isn't actually different jurisdictions, though. I thought this was a Minnesota state charge. It is not. Um, it is a, the only difference in jurisdiction is just the federal court district. This case was actually um, this was tried as a federal case. These are federal charges that this guy faced. 
prosecuted by acting U.S. attorney Anders Folk. Um, so this guy in Minnesota, not only is it a very similar, well, it's a similar jurisdiction. The actions he committed are much worse because, um, what he did is he actually filled up a Molotov cocktail, lit it on fire and gave it to a guy who then chucked it at the building and contributed to the fire. Not only that though, but what else did he do? He trampled over a fence meant to keep protesters out. So he committed the great fence destruction that was called terrorism or a ter- eligible for a terrorism enhancement in this case. So even the, the facts of what he did are way worse, but even the, the supposed enhancement factor in the case of Joe Biggs is present in this case. In another federal case, this guy gets four years and even that is overstating it because if I'm understanding, he's going to get two years in prison and then two years on supervised release and he's got to pay $12 million in restitution. So it's a, a major financial penalty Come on but uh, yeah um but but yeah a much more significant crime punished with something like a quarter of what these other guys are looking at and they walked around in places they shouldn't have the worst they the one guy might have done is he pepper sprayed a cop which of course yeah that's not good that's a crime you deal with that is that 15 years worth of terrorism uh that i think that's a a fair question to ask so you have any uh, other thoughts on uh, on the January 6th stuff? Uh, this is clearly punitive and is um, acting as a deterrent for the general population. It's the only reason they would do this. Yeah, I got to imagine when um, 2024 is fortified uh, similarly and when there are similar questions about how exactly such a thing happened, the um, the the eagerness to January 6th again is rightfully going to be minimized. And I would say that with criticism. Um, and when I say rightfully, I mean, I don't dispute the judgment of a person who would stay far, far away from such a thing. I don't mean that the prosecutions are right to punish those people to the degree that they're being punished. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think the intent is to uh, make sure that nobody, uh, nobody even dares peacefully and patriotically protest the next time that some shenanigans are afoot. And shenanigans will be afoot. You can bet on that. Of course. Okay. uh, Maybe. What do you think? Maybe we should take a break before we move into uh, into Biden stuff. Yeah, we can. uh, We can take a break and and come back. And then I can read some. And you you want to stretch it? Yeah. um, There is one before I let you go that was left over from last Sunday. We missed one from Injured Guardian that is um, is with reference to you. And so I wanted you to be here for that but he said last sunday i found blonde in a meme again it's kurt russell with an eye patch saying you want to ban burning coal because of the environment i want to ban burning coal because of the toll we are not we the are same not the okay same. that's that's <laughs> that's kind of a deep cut wow i'll be fast all right okay i will uh, get into the chats uh to start and then uh, we'll carry on when you get back here over on uh, Tippy Stream, uh, and again, my apology to uh, people who would usually be rumble chatters. I will uh, double check to make sure that error hopefully does not happen again. But I appreciate your patience tonight, and I'll see if I can get that fixed. Wicked Masshole. Hey, Matt, in your opinion, what is the most annoying John Tester vote and accompanying explanation? Not just the policy stuff, but also the way he tried to insist it was good for Montana or Montana values. Well, if people aren't aware, John Tester is our flat top giant gut senator 
who has been in the Senate for since 2006. And um, the, the thing is, he votes for every single Chuck Schumer priority. So there was the the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. There was the transportation bill, these massive spending packages coming from Schumer and company and the rest of the Democrats in D.C. He even voted for the bipartisan Safer Communities Act gun control stuff that is not popular in Montana. And the way he gets away with it in this state, which with stuff uh, that is that is massively unpopular for voters here is uh, number one, he avoids talking about the specifics. So he's not going to talk about those bills that he votes yes on. He's just going to say, well, you know, I try to. I don't, he doesn't really have an accent. That's kind of unfair. He just says Who things generically. John Tester, our senator. Oh, okay. He just says things generically like, I bring some Montana common sense down there and, you know, get everything in order. No, you don't. You do exactly what Chuck Schumer tells you to do every single time. Um, and then the other reason that he tends to hang on to some votes is because of his position. Is he chair of the um, of the. Uh, Veterans Affairs Committee in the Senate. I forget exactly what his position is, but he has a lot of power with veterans programs in the Senate. And so no matter how ridiculous he is in supporting every priority of the worst Democrats in Congress, he just says, oh, look, I got, you know, we, we got a new VA hospital in this really rural part of Montana. And I, I don't mean that dismissively. Like we have a lot of vets in this state who do need care. And sometimes the care is few and far between. Like, that's fine. But he'll just focus on that. Like, look what I did for vets in Montana. Okay, great. And then he, he tries to farm the votes that way in this state. I think he's screwed because he's up for re-election in 2024. I don't think there's any fortification that's going to save him in this state. I think he is done. But really I've been wrong before. I, yeah, I think he's out. In fact, I'm surprised he decided to run again. I figured he would have retired. He barely won in 2018. And... Uh, he had Trump in office at the time to point a finger at. In fact, is he just being delusional? He's the, missing several saying? fingers. He got them cut off in a farming accident. So he doesn't have That's a lot of fingers bad. to point, but what fingers he does have, he likes to point them at Trump. Anyway, that's what I think about John Tester. Uh, I bought PN, no note. Uh, well, that is very, uh, your your support is always very much appreciated. Thank you. Long Dong John like that says, whole time we love was you. One You're very special. One. You peed quickly. Super chat. Matt and I once made love. Then I found out that Matt has AIDS. Uh-oh. Also have the rigors burned Ohio yet. Uh, what it's been a tough few weeks, okay, for everyone. What's going on with Ohio? Oh, I don't know. Ohio. Why are the rigors burning AIDS. down Ohio? That wasn't a plus. Could have killed us all. Blacks with an X. What's that? That's a um, news. That's a, the, the, kid, the, the terms of the kids these days. Family urges Ohio officers to arrest after video shows him killing pregnant black women. Oh, I did. I saw that headline, but I haven't looked at the story. So, okay. That's why. What did she do? Uh, I'm guessing she did do something. (laughs) But I'm going to have to take a look. Uh, Let's see. You're funnier on days where you've had a near-death experience. (sighs) Yeah. yeah. You know, when you might die tomorrow, you're like, ah, fuck it. Fuck it. We'll do it live for real. No, I, I shouldn't. I'm to so be honest, I should out. I should stop even making jokes like that because it's not that's, you know. If you die, though, don't don't you want us to find some dark humor in it? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was asking one before the uh, the stream. Man, if, like if I do die suddenly, are you going to carry like you're going to do the show? Is the show I will not? What are we going to do? Anyway. That would be a disaster. 
Dude, uh, would, I, this is so annoying. As bet, somebody with hypochondriasis, like watching you go through this and not give a fuck, I'm like, how? how? I bet you could get the show on Rumble if you really tried. You'd probably uh, no. That's the other thing. I have, I don't have the uh, ambition or the technical know-how <laughs> to make the show happen without you. It just would never happen. Not that I'm trying to prove a point, because I don't think that there's anything argued otherwise. I just think it would be fun to watch. This is the week that Blonde produces at the show. <laughs> it would be 20 minutes long, and I would just be complaining about the minority group that pissed me off the most. This well, week. I just, I, I don't even mean like the perspectives offered or the topics discussed. I just mean the technical components of does the show go where it's supposed to go? No, I don't yeah. think, no, nothing would happen. It's not going to happen. Like, Every time that. I do a stream on my own channel and it's on like stream yards, like it's so stressed out. And StreamYards is, is retard proof. Well, in theory, so is the system I use to send it to Rumble. And here we are. Blonde doesn't have the account password. That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, she does have like admin access or whatever it is to my ch- Like you could go in and delete every video I've ever made if you wanted. It's I'm part sure of what makes the, um, the cooperation work. It's like mutually assured destruction. I'd never. Uh, do you want to do a few more? Should we? Yeah, let's take just a couple more. We'll get back uh, into the news. Robin D. Banks, this also came through multiple times, Robin. Um, Matt and I once made love, not really got beaten to the punch by this nice Jewish girly hasser for a number and said, we use our names these days, silly, until we meet again. I don't get it. It's uh, it's a joke about uh, they don't have names, they have numbers. Oh, uh, right. It's one of those uh, those Nazi gags. I know, you should have picked up Boogeyman. on that one. Thank you, I Robin. Boogeyman917, I'm a mog. Half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. Um, we will discuss we'll the movie talk about it. later. Uh, I will say, Shit. I'm not going to give away anything right now. I will say that's one of the better lines, I thought, in that movie. I'll talk about the rest of it later. We'll circle back. Okay, we will come back to your chats uh, toward the end of the stream. Thank you, guys. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. And we'll get back into the news. Uh, let's start with some some of the president stuff over the weekend uh, as they relate to both the weather and uh, the state of the economy. So uh, yesterday, Joe Biden took an aerial tour of the storm affected areas in Florida after Hurricane Idalia blew through. And the president met with uh, first responders, other emergency personnel in Live Oak, Florida. This is on this is in the north central part of the state. The storm reached uh, the Category 3 level and caused some significant property damage and flooding throughout the state. The latest damage stats that I see say uh, one person died. They had one death attributed to Idalia because of some sort of traffic accident. So this person, I guess, was trying to drive away from the hurricane too quickly and crashed into a tree or something. Um But it is a traffic fatality. More than 135,000 utility customers were without power on Thursday afternoon, though at that point, power had already been restored to 400,000 who lost it. 40 people needed rescue. DeSantis, uh, Governor DeSantis, declared 25 counties disaster areas seeking federal assistance for debris removal and temporary housing. So, yeah, major storm for sure. All things considered, though, I mean, did you see anything that I'm missing? To me, this seems like your standard Florida hurricane type stuff. I'm not saying that to dismiss the destruction that happened, but. I am. Stop living in hurricane zones. All right. What are you doing? 
As long as Floridian. as long as they get to play that card when our houses burn down. What are you doing living in the West, you psychopaths? Well, the government's doing that. Yeah. Well, fa- well, some might say the government is doing the hurricanes too, but that's its own. Although I have heard about some crazy Chinese changing the weather. <laughs> Don't talk to my wife about the geoengineering. That's all I can say. Is she into that too? <laughs> I've already outed her. Oh my god. Uh, mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, the significant storm happens in Florida. All right. It seems like a fair characterization. And if this storm, it's hard to tell, like, was this storm just kind of moderate or even on the weak side? Or are we just getting a lot better at mitigating the damage, too? It's like it's probably a little bit of both. This wasn't the strongest storm ever. Also, our preparation for hurricanes is quite likely improving over time. And so we don't see as much of a human or property toll when these uh, when these uh, more average storms roll through. So Joe, Joe Biden, though, of course, had to make it about uh, climate change. He had to make a, a climate show of it. He first of all, he said um, with when he was speaking with reporters into these uh, emergency responders, he said no winds this strong. There have been no winds this strong in this area in a hundred years. And I saw the reports here that said uh, the, the sustained winds were like 125 miles an hour. And I'm not a hurricane expert, but my bullshit radar went off. And I thought there's no way. What are you talking about? Uh, maybe he means that ta- like that specific town, which is kind of inland. It's inland. It's kind of in the central part of the state, the northern part of the state. But you look it up. It's like, I don't know, man. I can find at least 14 hurricanes easily topping Adalia's sustained winds of 125 miles an hour in the last century just by looking at Wikipedia list of Florida hurricanes. And um, mm. Hurricane Michael in 20, 2018 sustained winds of 160 miles an hour or hurricane Ian last year, 150 miles an hour. Yeah. So even recent ones. And then you go back, like if, if it's climate change, it's not strictly limited to the last five years or 10 years. You got the top storm was a labor day storm of 1935 uh, sustained winds at 185 miles an hour. Anyway. Uh, so, so Biden, but Biden has to grab the mic and he has to say that no intelligent person could possibly deny the relationship between the climate crisis and this particular hurricane. Nobody can deny the impact of climate crisis. At least nobody intelligent can deny the impact of a climate crisis anymore. Just look around, around the nation and the world for that matter. Historic floods, intense droughts, extreme heats, deadly wildfires, wildfires that have caused serious damage like we've never seen before. Just since being president, in two and a half years, I've flown over more land burned to the ground as a consequence of wildfires Government. than occupy the, in state, or the entire land of the state of Maryland, from down in New Mexico and Alabama, all up into Montana and around. It's been devastating. That is such a stupid argument. What, how far back does recorded history go in terms of like accurate documentation of these things? I was looking at hurricanes and it seems like kind of a few uh, hundred ni- years, like 1900 and on really. It's even less than that. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the history of the world? Uh, like many centuries, know- <laughs> many, many millennia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Many millennia. It's just such a tiny, tiny. We know what less than 1% we've recorded uh, of all of these phenomenon yeah. in, in, in history. It's just preposterous to think that we can extrapolate based on this data and that only an intelligent person would link all these things. And when he, 
since he name dropped Montana, I'm thinking, okay, once the hurricanes hit Montana, I'm going to grant your point. Then we'll believe it. Then I'll say, okay, this is definitely weird, man. I've never seen a hurricane come through here before. That, that much is true. But yeah, the point, like nobody's ever seen a moderate hurricane come through Florida, except for many times a decade, uh, if not close to every year, actually. Every year. Didn't Um, we talk about this last year when everybody was calling us, uh. What did we do? I said I didn't care. Oh, yeah. You said something like you didn't care. It was a similar theme. I remember. This was last. Uh, It had to be last year. Yeah. It's the annual. It's like every September, every Labor Day, there's a hurricane and Blonde says, stop living in hurricane places, you idiots. Yes. Uh, We've done this many times. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The the point about wildfires in Maryland is idiotic, too, though. Okay. Western, Western states like Montana, they are very big with miles and miles of undeveloped land. Hundreds of thousands of square miles. In fact, Maryland, by contrast, is very small. So Maryland is about 12,400 square miles. I was looking this up because, again, the bullshit detector went off. There's no way. Like when he says, I've flown over wildfire uh, wildfire areas that are bigger than the state of Maryland. I'm sure that could be true. But in context, is that unusual? And the answer is no. Maryland is, uh, again, about 12,400 square miles. Montana, again, just one Western state, one of the larger Western states, yes, but one Western state, 147,000 square miles. So more than 10 times bigger than Maryland in terms of land mass. So it, it does make sense that given the land mass in the West, undeveloped land mass, Areas larger than mass, uh, than Maryland in aggregation probably do burn commonly. So I, I went and looked at the... Um, the Congressional Research Service data on wildfires from 1993 to 2022. And the acreage of the United States that has been burned by wildfires each year is fairly constant. I mean, in fairness, there is something of an increase since 1993. But sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. It's generally in the area of 7 million acres a year. 7 million acres a year, by my math, is about 11,000 square miles. So yeah, roughly the same size as Maryland burning every single year. That's not new. That's common. Yeah. You know what is new? Uh, Environmentalists pushing through this um, controlled burns, destroying the environment thing. And also, I'm sure they're incentivized not to respond as robustly because they can um, reinforce this dumbass climate change narrative. So, so I even if you didn't have data supporting what you're saying, I would still be like, uh, this means nothing. It means nothing on a historical level. Well, since he's God. talking about these ravaged disaster areas, a reporter asked him, hey, um, when are you going to go check out that disaster area in East Palestine, Ohio? You know, the one Did with the... Did he go full Mitch? <laughs> yeah, the full Mitch would have been better, I think. But uh, yeah, you remember the one that's the one with the train derailment that leaked all that toxic uh, chemical material that they burned into a weird mushroom cloud and then they swore didn't contaminate the water. Uh, And then they they paid all the poor people a small sum to shut the hell up about it. That case. Isn't it like five hundred dollars? I can't remember what the the number. I think they got less than the the Hawaii people, the Maui people. So it was pretty rough. Uh, But. Biden said, well, for that disaster area, he thought about it and he's been meaning to, but really he's just too busy. And looking at his calendar, he's going to be way too busy for a very long time, actually. Well, I haven't had the occasion to go to East Palestine. There's a lot going on. 
here, and I just haven't been able to break. I was thinking whether I'd go to East Palestine this week, but I then was reminded I've got to go literally around the world. I'm going from uh, from Washington to India to Vietnam to, and so I, it's going to be a while. But uh, we're making sure that East Palestine has what they need materially in order to deal with their problems. <laughs> It's like he doesn't even realize he's the president. It's like he doesn't even realize what he just said. Going to said. India, I don't know why they're <laughs> sending me. I don't know. I remembered I'm going around the world right after I lectured you for consuming too many fossil fuels. But I got to go around the world. Oh to, yeah. Like, okay, come. What are we even talking about Dude, here? He has um, no fucking clue what's going on. And it's especially preposterous when you look at his last several. Really, everything he's done since the East Palestine disaster, which was in February, according to the number in this particular report from Red State, 40 percent of his time since February, that train derailment, according to his official calendar, has been vacation. And of course, we've seen him in many consecutive weeks during the summer here. uh, Rehoboth Beach in Delaware, Lake Tahoe. I think he went to somewhere else. He's he's spent a, a huge amount of time in the summer on vacation lounging around the beach and I'm generally I'm, I'm not the sort of person who, who I think that on uh, there's a lot of policing of vacation time for the president for both uh, parties that whenever you're the party out of power, you're like, Oh, that guy's on vacation. That's bad. This guy is on vacation a lot though. Um, and, and I'm even, even if you want to set that aside for him to say he hasn't had time to go to East Palestine, it's just because he prioritizes his vacation. It, it is as simple as that. I'm not saying he's not entitled to any, but to stand there and say, well, time just hasn't really allowed it. Well, that's because time is prioritized for other things. Is it not? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Oh, then there was the economic news and uh, Biden did, did you uh, watch this video. This was so cringy. Which one? Uh, the one where he's talking about unemployment being under 14%. <laughs> like yeah. he unflinchingly says this. Um, but it unemployment is. went. Okay, that's yeah. technically true. All right. But it, it went up to 3.8%, which was way higher than expected. So the jump from what it was to 3.8%, there were 5.85 million people out of work in July. And now there's 6.37 million people out of work. Okay. So, so up, uptick in unemployment. Pre Jean Pierre um, came out and you know waxed poetic about uh, the two hundred ninety thousand increase in job numbers and how fourteen million jobs have been created during the pandemic or whatever, um, or it was two hundred nine thousand jobs added. Uh, but uh, they just keep revising the expected job numbers downward. And if you close somebody's business and then allow them to reopen it, are you creating jobs? No, you're not creating jobs. You're giving people the jobs they had before. You know, if someone had one job in 2019 and now they have to have two to three to maintain their previous lifestyle because of inflation, have you created two additional jobs? No, you made a person work three jobs to live the same standard. It is such bullshit. And I was looking at these revisions. There is a month by month breakdown in this story because um, because we've seen now July, that number that Karine Jean-Pierre was bragging about last month, that was 200 and. Uh, 209 that was revised the numbers that were reported the June numbers that were reported in July was initially 209,000 revised downward to 185 Mm -hmm. Um, we had that happen in July as well it's definitely possible we have it happen in August but since January throughout this entire year we've now had seven months of jobs reports and in five of those seven reports the numbers have been revised 
downward. Substantially uh, revised downward. Some of them like drastic. Like by 30, 40 percent we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we have a context in which Biden is looking at increased unemployment. And and every month when these jobs numbers come out and they brag about them, more often than not, the job, the jobs numbers are revised downward later and they don't come back to say, well, we kind of maybe bragged a little bit too much last month when we were saying this is awesome. Well, Biden's still going to do the routine where he stands at the podium and says it's awesome, even though we should all by now, per the pattern, expect the number to drop later. Biden is bragging not just that unemployment is low, but he's bragging that he has kept unemployment below 14% for a couple of years now. Now, unemployment and the unemployment rate has been below 14% for the last 19 months, the longest stretch in over 50 years. That's pretty good when you think about it. Of course, he means 4%. But the fact that you can say that sentence, and maybe I'm being unkind here because God knows I've said a lot of ridiculous things in my time on this show that I probably should have realized in real time were not correct. But to me, when you can say a sentence like that, we've kept unemployment below 14% and not have something in your mind go off to say, 14 is not the right number. Like, in what world is unemployment below 14% something to celebrate? Yeah, I mean, I just take that as an indicator of a guy, a, uh, either who's not mentally present or who has no concept of what that number should be if it was yeah. uh, a healthy number. Um, And then uh, <laughs> just in case these reporters had any questions for Biden, no, it's Labor Day weekend and uh, he has no time. Because, of course, he has a lot of important things to do, like not going to East Palestine, Ohio. So he <laughs> just left. And these reporters are asking him questions like, why are so many Americans living paycheck to paycheck? And, hey, Joe, why have you had so much contact with Hunter Biden's business associates if you supposedly like, have nothing to do with their corrupt deals? Catch you later. Have a good Labor Day weekend. God bless you all. Why are so many Americans living paycheck to as he shuffled away slowly at this point i wonder who would win between joe biden and me in a shuffling race if i had to race him across i'm pretty sure i could win the push-up contest despite the way that he brags but the shuffling across the rose garden i'm not i'm not confident i could win it's that bad uh also um what was it a week or two ago we talked about uh, oh this is interesting there appear to be uh, several aliases that joe biden was using while emailing his son about matters that concern business in ukraine and elsewhere why was the then vice president of the united states uh, using alias email addresses and now it looks like it's not just uh, like that one time he sent uh, a vice presidential s- schedule to hunter biden Now it's like uh, potentially thousands of cases where the vice president at the time was using alias emails to communicate about things that probably belonged in more official um, communication pathways. Yeah, the National Archives and Records Administration um, said that it has 5,300 emails and documents potentially containing pseudonyms that Biden used during his vice presidency. This is all captured in this new lawsuit. Um, The Southeastern Legal Foundation, they sued NARA on Monday, uh, and then they demanded all of these communications be released uh, with a FOIA. And 
in the FOIA request, uh, they, have, they haven't seen anything, but NARA confirmed the existence of these documents. Uh, they emailed them and they said, quote, we performed a search of our collection for VP records related to your request and have identified approximately 5,100 email messages, 25 electronic files, 200 pages of potentially responsive records that must be processed in order to respond to your request. So the FOIA request over a year ago, they're still waiting. I don't think we're ever going to find out, but we do know that they exist. Okay. So no knowledge of the content, but the, but there are thousands of these emails uh, out there. Okay. Uh, Certainly something to keep an eye on, but uh, let's talk about this Mexican cartel mystery story. Um, It's not even really the mystery is, I guess, why they capture and kill all these guys. The mystery. Well, there's no mystery anymore. Yeah, well, you go ahead and explain, and I have a lot of thoughts about this after after reading it. So there were 43 men from this rural teacher's college. This was in 2014, September of 2014, um, who were on buses. I've heard conflicting reports that they were attending a protest in Mexico City and that they were passing through a protest in Mexico City. Um, and then they were ambushed by police. Um, I think they got tear gassed. And the police just handed them over to the cartel. So what happened was, the reason this is coming out now, um, the DEA finally has done something um, worthwhile. Unbelievable, yeah. But they've had these messages for nine years and they're just turning them over to the Mexican government now. Nine years, they've they've known all of this. But the DEA intercepted 23,000 text messages in 2014 while they were investigating uh, drug trafficking in Chicago. Um, and because of weird relationships with a weird relationship with Mexico, they just turned them over. So the messages show that the police, the military and the government uh, just kissing the ass of the cartel. So what happened was the police, uh, they, they uh, tear gassed all of these guys on the bus and then they routed the bus uh, through the city. And then they just handed over these these 43 young men to the cartel where these text messages reveal they were all shot execution style. Their bodies were dismembered with machetes. And um, in this crematorium of somebody else they had bribed, they got rid of all the bodies. But to make matters worse, while this was all happening, um, there had been some Israeli technology used by Mexican special forces. So they knew this was happening and they didn't want to piss off the cartel. So they didn't intervene. Yeah, They just like let... They so, like knew that everybody was getting killed execution style and they just they just let them and kill them. And there was no uh, there was no forwarding of that information to any kind of law enforcement personnel or, or any. No, there was. Everybody knew that it was going on. Well, I guess I guess those law enforcement personnel also said, oh, yeah, I know, because uh, I'm, I'm also allowing it because <laughs> I'm also yeah, getting everybody kind of knew. And they're like, well, we, we don't want to do anything. Yeah. So it was this female Mexican cartel boss. She grew increasingly paranoid and she misidentified because the type of bus that these um, that these students were on, it was the type of bus that was used by a rival cartel gang. Yeah, that's the only reason. And so she ordered summarily ordered the execution of all of these people that had nothing to do with uh, what was being involved in the police covered it up. Um, I mean, nine years later, no convictions on the case. They've discovered the remains and positively identified of like three students. And I think it was just bone fragments from their hand or something. Yeah, They were probably all in the cartel montage video that I've referenced many times. That's probably what I watched is the deaths of these guys. 
Yeah. 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 I know. Um, just, just crazy. Luckily I do think that they were all shot execution style, which is very merciful. All things considered. Yeah. I know they probably thought that, um, (laughs) that they were doing something kind, but, uh, some of the text messages that were particularly revelatory, one of the emergency responders, uh, who was on the scene of the mass abduction that night, he had an unofficial second job, which was gathering intelligence for the cartel. And then for months, wiretaps captured him sending minute by minute updates on law enforcement's every move to his boss. And then there was a coroner also who did the cartel's bidding. And he was sending pictures of corpses, evidence at crime scenes. Um, yeah, it's just it's just incredible to me. And then these are the people that that are coming into our country. Yeah. We're like, welcome, well, that, welcome. That was my first reaction too. I'm glad you highlighted those because when I read through this, I thought, okay, you know, it's like it, the cartel paying off the police or even having massive influence within the military itself. Like, not that it's right, but it it it's understandable and you, you could see how that happens in Mexico and how, how much power the cartels have. When I was reading through this and I thought, <laughs> they got like the ambulance driver. And the coroner and all these kind of lower level government positions, I guess maybe lower levels, the wrong word, like they have important jobs, but you get what I'm saying. It's not just like they talk to the police chief and the police chief kind of orders everyone below him. They have uh, their tentacles in everything in the form of either financial reward or intimidation to cross them. And when I'm reading this and I think like it doesn't matter who it is, everyone in the town is either terrified of the cartel or paid by the cartel. And so they all do what the cartel says, um, which was fascinating as it relates to the to the emergency responder and to the um, to the coroner. And um, occasionally I'm not going to pretend that this is a, a common argument I hear, but occasionally, in fact, maybe I'll call out. uh uh, uh, who, the, the Mexican, uh, you, you referenced him earlier in the show. Why is the name escaping me? The guy who's going to the Mexican beach, who you hate on the call-in show. He made... Um, new Travis. Yes, New Travis. <laughs> he made the argument. He's Mention listening out there. Mention it by name, aren't we? He's listening out there going, what the hell? He forgot my name. I apologize. No, he just texted me. That's funny. I'm drugged <laughs> up on, uh, you know, all sorts of nonsense from the, from, from the mask people who want to save my leg. But, uh, but it, when he was making this hypothetical argument, and I have heard variations of this before, it's like, oh, the cartels uh, don't cross into their drug business, like don't cross them in their their profession, and actually they kind of leave you alone. Well, uh, in this case, definitely not. As you mentioned, it's like uh, these guys, as far as we're aware, were just riding a bus to go on some kind of school trip. And because that bus full of young men was interpreted to be wrongly, a bunch of rival gang members being carted into town. There was not any evaluation of who these guys actually were or what their reason for being there was. And you can see likewise, if you were on some kind of, I don't know what, what if you're on like a tourism bus or what if you're on some other situation of, of mass transit or transit of a big group of people and you are misunderstood to be something that you're not, Uh, what the hell are you supposed to do in a situation like that? So it's another reason you got to stay the hell away from the cartels. It's not as simple as like, don't worry, you can have the cocaine business. I won't uh, step into that. Yep, they have a habit of stepping on you, it seems. Um, I love the fact that, that it's the feds who cracked this case. Like, It takes we something it. so corrupt for even the feds to show up and be like, holy shit, that's I mean, that's some <laughs> corruption right there. We got to clean this up. 
The DEA is here to save the day. I know. That, that is something I else. And, and the um, New York Times, I was reading this, I was like, what is happening right now? They are a decade late to the case, though. Uh, and in fairness, the reason that they have this information is because it's been revealed through a law enforcement source. It, it, not that I'm discrediting the reporting. I think it's correct and I think it's good. I think it's information people should have. I, I you know, to your point, I think it's not as though they went and uncovered this through some sort of you know, diligent digging. It's like, well, people made this available and we're looking through it. That, that's great. We need that information. But yeah, um, the law, it's law enforcement personnel who made that information available. Um it, this also dem- it does demonstrate, and I got to say, as someone who's generally skeptical of like of the power of of a small group with influence to really exert that on a very broad, wide scale. This is an example of that. Like the the cartel. I mean, I don't know how much personnel we're looking at here, but I got to imagine not cartel people outnumber cartel people. I'm guessing, and yet uh, this cartel. And this is one cartel in the context of many in Mexico is able to buy off or or threaten everybody in any kind of law enforcement or justice system role in that Mexican state or whatever the jurisdiction is. I just I, I think that's interesting to think about as it might apply to our country. You know, it's like, well, how many people would have to be on the payroll? How many people would have to agree to X, Y and Z for this conspiracy to exist or for this small group to control the levers of power in this particular institution? Yeah, I know that Mexico is not the United States. They're not exactly the same. But hey, here's an example of a small group of people with resources and violence at their disposal. And lo and behold, like all the levers of power are are controlled, it seems. It's just something to think about how that's possible and how that can happen. Um, And and you mentioned, I mean, it's the obvious point, but it's like, uh, yeah, uh, people who uh, look at the border with rose colored glasses. uh, These are the people who are on the other side of it. And I'm not saying every single person is a bad guy who's going to come kill you cartel style. But again, it's interesting to think um, there are the cartel murderers in this case, and you really don't want them to come around. But how many people in this case were either they excused kidnapping and mass murder because they got paid to excuse it or because they were too afraid to say anything about it. And so they have sort of indirectly participated in that system that has, that has killed not just these people, but a whole bunch of people and abused uh, many more People who are accustomed to at least enabling or indirectly participating in that sort of abuse, I mean, even that is its own danger. You know, like it, the the person who pulled the trigger on the skulls of these guys is not the same as the police officer who was paid by the cartel to look the other way. Exactly. Yeah. But the police officer who was paid to look the other way is still a moral danger. That's still a person that you have to watch out for. And that's uh, true. But when they I, I sound like I don't have sympathy for that person, because when the cartel is like, I'm going to kill your whole family, you're like, how much heroin should I put in my butt? <laughs> yeah. I guess that I mean, there I, is you, you've got you have to do it. I mean, there is that. And I, I suppose I'm probably understating that factor somewhat that, uh, yeah, it's easy for you to say in the context of a safe place to live without the cartel threatening every aspect of your life on a day to day basis. I grant that that if I was expected to get in line or else the cartel is going to dismember me in every way possible and send the video to my family that I might um, evaluate what stances I'm willing to take a little more carefully. Uh, that said, I, I'm just talking, speaking broadly about cultural norms, you know, like when you, when you view this stuff as kind of normal or, or it is, it is somewhat to be expected. Those sort of uh, those cultural norms get warped. And I just think that, 
you think that you can just have people cross the border unchecked and unevaluated and none of that stuff is going to come over here in that process like uh, good luck uh, I, I doubt it they already know it is because these yeah. wiretaps were done in the United States so no, yeah fair enough in uh, Chicago oh yeah that's right in, it, like yeah the, the cartel this guys, wasn't in southern Texas they, they they wiretapped all these guys in Chicago yeah although so I'm sure some of them are people that are still in Mexico and then some people that are in the United States yeah I mean but yeah to your point the influence in the operation extends all the way into the northern part of the U.S. And maybe into Canada. Speaking of, you ready for hoax hate? I am ready. Okay, well let's let's get into the hoax hate because it's Canadian, eh? And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit! It's backwards. You think they'll notice? This one has been ongoing for years, and everyone knew it was going this direction to the extent that the evidence has never really been discovered. But now, at least at one site, it's official. There are no mass graves of Indian kids at uh, at least this one residential school uh, in Canada, but more than likely across many residential schools for Indian kids historically in Canada that have been alleged to be these what a surprise. mass graves that uh, that we just haven't dug up yet. So uh, a series of recent excavations at, um, at, the, at this particular suspected site has turned up zero human remains. Again, the idea is that the Catholics came in in the 1800s and the early 1900s at the behest of the Canadian government, and they set up these schools for Indian kids, and it's just like 1923. They slapped those Indians into line, and some of them died, and they buried them in a giant pile in the backyard. And... This supposedly exists at all these uh, at all these Catholic Indian schools historically. So the Pine Creek First Nation, uh, that's an Indian tribe in Canada, excavated 14 sites in the basement of a Catholic church and school in Manitoba, alleged to have been one of these mass graves for Indian kids after supposed uh, anomalies were detected using ground penetrating radar. So I'm not exactly sure what the methodology is there, but they're somehow they're scanning the composition of the ground. And they're getting some sort of reading that's that says, hey, this location might be a body or a group of bodies. Right. But there's no way to know that without or finding whatever. the bodies. It could, yeah. 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 You're detecting some sort of composition that presumably is different from what you would expect in the soil in the area is, is what they're getting. So in delivering the news, Chief Derek Nepinak, uh, otherwise known as Chief Jesse, according to this, this particular depiction, Chief Derek Nepinak said no remains were found in this initial excavation. The implication there is that more digging is planned. Maybe they'll try some more. Uh, But similar mass Indian graves are alleged to exist in Kamloops uh, and elsewhere in British Columbia. Though to date, uh, there are no excavations other than this one and no evidence of human remains. They tried to say that there were a bunch of bodies at this one in, in British Columbia but uh, that, likewise, was based on scanning of the landscape or the soil, not that somebody actually dug up human remains. Nonetheless, of course, many have pushed this claim that these residential schools for Indian kids were designed to kill. They were designed to exterminate. These were genocidal concentration camps or something. Justin Trudeau flew fl- uh, Canadian flags at half-staff 
uh, for the Kamloops site. This was the one where they said that there was evidence of bodies without finding any evidence of bodies, at least the bodies themselves. Pope Francis, your guy, issued a formal apology from the Catholic Church without any evidence of human remains. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I just I didn't know if you wanted to talk some shit about old Francis for a second. Yeah, he's, he's anal pilled. Okay. <laughs> Is that what it's called? He's anal pilled like beyond blue pilled. The anal pilled is like the full progressive delusion. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that term. It's when you let HIV infected guys put it in your butt because you're so progressive. (laughs) Uh, Yes. And you apologize to them when they're done. And then watch their feet (laughs) and their balls. That's what he does. (laughs) But it's wrong with me. Uh, It might have been maybe a little bit too much detail in that one. But hey, such is the tradition (laughs) of the show. The events were called a genocide. Those who questioned them were called genocide deniers. Well, I guess score one for the genocide deniers. There was um, a significant vandalism to the statue of uh, Egerton or Edgerton Ryerson, the original architect of these residential schools, a figure in Canadian history. Uh, The statue site on the campus of Ryerson University in Toronto, it's now known as Toronto Metropolitan University because Ryerson was such a very bad guy. Uh, but not only did they vandalize around this statue saying, dig it up or dig them up. Let me look at the, uh, yeah, dig them up. Well, uh, apparently the, the obese pink haireds got very mad and tore down the statue entirely in recent years. They knocked off the head of the statue with baseball bats and other tools. It looks like this chick has like a rubber mallet or something. Um, once again, This sort of unaccountable destruction, this was all based on a lie. To date, nobody has excavated a single Indian child body from these school sites. And no matter how much they dig, they probably never will. Dig them up, they said. Dig them up. Then they tried to dig them up and they haven't been able to find them. And and the answer now is not, well, there was nothing to dig up. The answer is, that was just the initial digging. There's more digging to come. We'll find it. Uh Uh-huh. So, no, you're never going to find it. They've been at this for years with other sites. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they're going to find even one. But uh, I'm sure they will keep trying. And I mentioned at the top of the show, but it, you know, during a stressful week in particular, it is very nice to return to the classic and the familiar. It's like comfort food, you know. Um, sometimes you just want that nice and easy broken swastika spray painted. <laughs> On the side of someone's it's so house. so bad. It has legs. <laughs> well, so like I look at this kind of story. It's like it's, it's just like a burger and fries. You know, it's just like a pepperoni pizza. It's not creative, but it has its place and done well. It's, it's hard to beat. It's just it's it's the it's the birth of the classic, you know, um, Otis Ramos or Ramos. I think they say his name in the story. Montgomery, Alabama is where he lives. And um, this is a case of, uh, I think, what is at least a a likely case of of hoax hate that, yeah, is comforting and familiar with the only wrinkle being that he alleges some kind of, I'm unclear, some kind of bum or some kind of panhandler at the gas station said, give me some money. He said, I'm sorry, I don't have any cash. And a fight resulted. And I guess he thinks that the bum came to his house later and spray painted some kind of... um, Broken swastika and a misspelled N-word on his car. Montgomery police have opened a hate crime investigation 
After Otis, uh, Otis says, not only did this panhandling man do this, but he also uh, broke a window in his home, and it's a window where uh, his children sleep. Anyway, here are scenes from this event. Otis Ramos and his family recently moved to the Dinelli Pines neighborhood in Montgomery. He describes it as a quiet and friendly place to call home. But now, he is devastated. Can somebody come that close to our house? Someone spray painted vehicles and homes and even broke into this window where children sleep. Ramos believes the problem started when he and his wife went to this gas station down the road to get some snacks. Gentleman to the store asked for some money. Like, I don't have no money. I pay with a car. I'm he says that rejection led to an argument. He was saying something to someone on the phone, like, or if she was by herself, I'll do something. So I asked the gentleman, hey, um, why you record my wife and things like that? And like, what's, what's going on? Ramos believes the same man was in the area in footage sent to us. It shows an unidentified man walking the street around 4 a.m. And anything could happen if he could have harmed them or he could have got himself hurt. Ramos and others have been able to remove the spray paint, but the action remains on their minds. I don't know, man. A black guy that didn't abandon his kids or his wife. I think he might be telling the truth. <laughs> That's the real hoax. Okay. That's enough Why of that. Why is there no E? Did, um, do you have, well, the, I do, do you have these pictures up? And you're right. Okay, so first of all, before we get to the missing E... I'm just going to show the swastika, the alleged swastika, because you're right. Uh, there is a swastika, I guess, in there, but it is backward. And then what are these extra legs hanging off of it? What are those? What's that about? Yeah. Okay. okay. But then I thought, can I show this on the show? Because, I mean, it is an N word on his car, but the E is missing. So I think that counts as censorship. So I'm just going to go ahead and show it. That's the same as having a star in the place of the E, right? Just the missing E. What is this? I'm just asking if Raja Mohan is going to allow me to get away with showing this picture. That's all. Uh, now, did you think it was weird at all? They said, here's video of the suspect. And it's like a guy walking to his car. And then they cut it off right about yeah. when it looks like he's that, about to yeah, open yeah. his own car door and get in it. It's like, that's a, to me, that looks like a guy getting up early to go to work. They said it was at four in the morning or something. But unless you can show... If you have video of him trespassing on property or, or trying to break into a car, why did you cut the footage right when he kind of grabs the door handle on the car? Because that's really the key moment. Um, if he's trying to break into the car, damage it, he's going to pull on that and it's going to be locked and he's not he's going to do something else after that. If it's his car, he's simply going to open the door and get in the car and probably drive away. So why did you cut it at the moment of truth? That's really weird yeah. that you did that. Because it just looks like a guy getting in his car to me. What do you make of this bum involvement, though, or this panhandler? He's saying, I went to the gas station and there's some kind of panhandler outside saying, give me some money. He says, I only have card. Panhandler guy gets pissed off and says, if it wasn't for you being here, I'd do something to your wife. Whatever that means. And then he's saying that panhandler guy somehow came to his house later and did all of this on account of a dispute. How would he know where he lived? Why was there no racial component earlier? Um, I guess give us a description of this panhandler man too. Like, he, w did he have observably Nazi traits? What what are we dealing with mm -hmm. here? You're right. This is clearly hoaxed. The only thing I can say to suggest that it might not be, in addition to your observation, excuse me, is uh, 
there doesn't appear to be any kind of fundraising component. It doesn't look like he's trying to go fund me out of this. It doesn't look like he's trying to gain something financially. You know, they usually Obviously, aren't, though. Maybe it's just uh, neighborhood sympathy. I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to gain, but it doesn't appear to be the obvious financial bit. So, um, well, I don't know. Whenever we find this um, this very confused Nazi running around the streets of Montgomery, Alabama, where all very confused Nazis hang out, I will update the story. But uh, that's all I got on that. If you're ready for the movie review. Yeah. Okay. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man... We'll finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. Tonight's movie is the 1987 Mel Brooks Star Wars parody Spaceballs, in which a heroic mercenary and his half-man, half-dog best friend seek to rescue the princess from the grips of the evil empire. From movie picker The House Always Wins, uh, a Mel Brooks classic, it mocks many of the tropes of the Star Wars movies of the era. And features many one-liners. Of course, we have Jamie and Jeannie's AI art for the week. And we're going to stick with the digital blackface. And we're adding an Elon Musk cameo in pursuit of the hit piece. We're just going to we're gonna escalate every week until someone Good gets mad Lord. about it. <laughs> no one's ever going to get mad about it. I like the... You ever thought um, about the, the bottle cap glasses look or whatever it's called? Uh, you ever thought about those that maybe you could pull that off it's um <laughs> you don't think that's a good you don't like this outfit no you know I, would, I got some things going for me you know one of them is my face i have ah. terrible legs british knees i can't mess with this you know I can't. My, bottle you cap coat glasses what are you talking about i'm just saying i think it's a cool getup but uh we were <laughs> We were watching this movie trying to remember the name of the actor who plays uh, Dark Helmet or the Darth Vader character. Mm-hmm. And he's the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids guy. Yeah, what's his name again? Well, we talked Rick? about him on the show because we were joking that his name is Rick Moranis. Yeah. Yeah, it's Rick Moranis, I think is how you say it. Yep. Or maybe it is Moranis, but, but I think it's Moranis. Moranis. But the reason he was in the news that we've talked about him before is he just got punched by some rando on the streets of That's New right. York on camera. <laughs> That was a couple of years ago. Oh, I think he's so, maybe so recovered since then. Anyway, as always, your review and your rating. Okay. Um, I hated this uh, so fucking much. Hated it. Hated every minute, minute of it. To be fair, I don't like spoof movies. And I don't care very much about Star Wars. So I was already predisposed to hating this. But this it wasn't first funny. First yeah. Okay. I remember like seeing some of it in passing... When I was a kid, when did this come out? 82? 87. Oh, so my birth year. Um, but I don't, I don't remember watching it in its entirety. Um, oh, God, it wasn't funny. And it was so unfunny that it made me rethink Mel Brooks in general. Because I loved Young Frankenstein. But is it possible that he just wasn't funny? And that Young Frankenstein was the anomalous film? And that this is just what he produces normally? Um, I don't even have another criticism besides it wasn't funny. It was comedy <laughs> and, and it wasn't funny. Um, I wasn't alive for this cultural element. Uh, I have no nostalgia to to hold this movie up. Yeah. I fucking hated watching it. I gave it a one out of five. Hate Mel Brooks. Maybe you're not funny. 
What's uh? What do you guess for my reception of it? If you like this movie, I will die of shock. All right, so you're right. Uh, I think yeah, I, would, I bet you gave it a one out of five. Did you hate it? I hated it. I hated uh-huh. it, even though I have a different opinion in that I was not a huge... I'm not a hater of Young Frankenstein, but I was not a huge fan. Blazing Saddles, though, I thought was excellent. And then oh, I... I forgot about Blazing And then Saddles. I watched this, and I'm like, what the... What in God's name have I just watched? And I like Star Wars. Yes, I've seen all the Star Wars movies that are parodied here. Yes, I've seen all of the, the main Star Wars trilogies. And yes, I love Star Wars, and that's the thing, too. It's not just that I'm... Uh, like a uh, protective of Star Wars. Like you better not make fun of Star Wars. No, Star Wars has a lot of problems. Yeah. And that's why I was kind of looking forward to Star Wars getting ripped. But for the most part, you actually don't really even have to know Star Wars because most of the jokes aren't really about Star Wars. Uh, at least directly. It's like, oh, the lightsabers are, wouldn't it be funny if they're dicks or something like, okay. Um, and then it was a lot but, of other film references too, like, yeah, I didn't really get that. It's yeah. like, okay, there's there's like a momentary Star uh, Star Trek bit. And then it's like, all right, we're doing Planet of the Apes for a second. But mostly it's Star Wars. Anyway. An alien. Yeah. There was the alien bit. You're right. Um, I would as I always have to start with what I liked. I would say there were like two or three funny jokes in here. When um, Mel Brooks as Yogurt said, I hope we find each other again in the sequel, Spaceballs 2, The Search for More Money. And I was like, okay, that's kind of clever. And thank you for not making Spaceballs 2 so I don't have to watch it. That's the best part of that joke. Thank oh, you. Oh, they didn't? Okay, good. As far as I'm aware, that was never made. Um, th- th- this bit of like watching the movie in real time kind of had a little cleverness to it when they were talking about, I want to go back. I can't. That was, we're in the now, but we missed then. When? Just now. And it was kind of this time play, but then they didn't do the obvious thing that you would think they would. It's like if it, if an evil character like um, like Dark Helmet or Darth Vader had access to see what happens in the future, why wouldn't they yeah. go into the future of the movie? But they never do that. So that bit seemed like it didn't really realize its potential. There was the callback on the idiot's luggage combination that was all right. And it's like, OK, but that joke's not enough to fill like the five minute segment that's in this or that this is in. To me, it's like for every step forward in the joke department, it was at least one step back and probably more like a dozen steps back. Uh, the, the combing the desert bit. It's like you guys aren't combing the desert to find the princess in this terrible joke. You're 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 combing the desert for comedy. Yeah. And you likewise are finding nothing. Ooh, um, I did think that that pizza, the hut was a pretty good effect. I thought Ugh. that was you weren't into that. no. I thought effect wise that was it had the dripping cheese and the pepperoni falling off his face and he was still a recognizably Jabba like character. So I thought Pizza the Hut was all right, but Pizza the Hut gets like two minutes of time. And so beneath John Candy. Well, and then the John Candy thing, it's like John Candy, the costume, they put all this effort into Pizza the Hut and it looks awesome. And you got John Candy, who's one of the main characters in the movie, and he looks like an overly enthusiastic dog dad at your neighborhood uh halloween party you know like (laughs) i get that like it being kind of shitty is sort of the bit but like that i mean come on that was like neighborhood halloween party level effort on the costuming and you know they can do better because they did it with pizza the hunt so those are the things i appreciated the things I, i did not like okay again as i wrote in the review i don't have a lightsaber shoved so far up my ass that I demand every Star Wars character gets representation. 
for a proper parody. All right. But how do you have a Star Wars parody in which the main character is absent? There is no Luke Skywalker character or is he just kind of molded into um, Lone Star and the Han Solo guy? It, It just seems preposterous to omit the main character and... The joke was right there. I could have been a writer on the show. His name should have been Puke Skywalker. It would have fit right in with Barf. It's right on brand. Um, you don't get any R2. You don't get any Obi-Wan. It's not, you know, they're big movies with a lot of ca- a, big, a lot of characters in the Is cast. Is that Joan Rivers? It was actually Joan Rivers. Um, mm. But it just seemed like a lot of missed opportunities character-wise, especially when they opted for so many pointless characters otherwise. Uh, as far as the the bits and the lines, like a lot of it was just painfully dull and really didn't have that much to do with Star Wars anyway. Like I I, I kind of like groan for groan sake dad jokes, but this is like a long parade of those. It's like yeah. I get it. The radar's jammed because it has actual jam on it. Uh, I get it. The guys are named asshole. You know, I get it that uh, his helmet is bigger than an, a usual helmet, which is kind of funny because I was thinking when I was writing the view, that bit was done by Norm MacDonald as Burt Reynolds on SNL Jeopardy when he's wearing the giant cowboy hat and Will Ferrell as uh, Alex Trebek says, why are you wearing that hat? And he's like, yeah, it's funny. No, it isn't. Yeah, sure it is. It's, uh, you know, bigger than a normal hat or whatever he says. <laughs> That's kind of the bit with dark helmet, but it's not funny. It's like, uh, his helmet's large. Okay. Um, it just, it, and all of these things, like all of these grown worthy dad jokes, they don't require, again, I, I wanted like some star Wars jokes that would make fun of star Wars and they're in there, but they're not really the focus. It's, it, yeah, so yeah. I went into this thinking I'm going to see star Wars mocked and really it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, a dad joke stand up tour and it's a lot of bathroom humor that you could understand without really even seeing the subject matter, which doesn't make a great parody to me. Like if I don't have un- if I can watch it and get it without having an understanding of the subject matter, is it really parody? I don't know. And then I don't know what you thought to me, th- th- like, thank you for making the movie 90 minutes or a little over, but yeah, somehow really. it still felt way too long. You had this wedding scene at the end that isn't really even a part of star Wars. Anyway, you the planet, forever. Of, the planet of the apes bit, they felt like you could have shaved at least 15 minutes off this movie and not really lost much of the plot or the jokes. And, st- but still it was a short movie. So it like for being 90 minutes, it dragged somehow. Just forever. Um, yeah. So you're right. I gave it a, uh, I gave it a one wiki rating. Get the hell out of here. And may God have mercy on your soul. I think, Truly. I think it was a mockery of mockeries. Because I thought it, it it mostly failed in its one job, which is making fun of Star Wars. It didn't do a lot of that. At least it didn't do it well. Ugh. So Damn. no, I'm definitely out on Spaceballs. Okay, good. Uh, but um, let's see what the uh, initial audience vote has to say about it. Uh, no, people love this movie. A third of people are giving it a five. <laughs> a quarter of people are giving it fours. People love this oh, movie. No, so I, people are going to hate us. I can't wait to be roasted for hating Spaceballs. And I guess maybe if if like you were part of um, more a part of that cultural era, maybe you understand it more to me as someone who has appreciated Star Wars, the original trilogy in a trilogy in retrospect and not at the time. 
maybe I'm losing something without that connection, but I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get me. it. Is, is it something wrong with us? Well, next week it's master and commander, the far side of the universe. Sweet. I've not seen it, but uh, it seems like it might be cool. And um, after that, the remaining nominations for September from listener, the house always wins are the hunt for red October, the dark Knight, Dune, the 2021 movie, Hot Shots Fury, uh, The Day After Tomorrow, or of course you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top-rated movie instead. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column, linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com or mattis.com. Gay, if you prefer not to type all those letters. <laughs> all right. Uh, and we'll never discuss space balls again until they make us. Good. Good. Thank yeah. God. Time to catch up with the chat. Forget where I left okay. off or where we left off. Well, I think it was with uh, Boogeyman. I think we had one more Robin D. Banks to get to. Uh, okay. Let me reload. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Let me. Uh, I got the. I got Robin's here. Uh, Matt and I once made okay. love. Okay. So not really. He had a health scare. We've. Did oh, we no, do this it was one? not the same one. No, it was no, no, different no, one. It was different. Yeah. Ha-ha. He, he whispered, I was wrong, Robin. He whispered his concerns in my ear. It ended with me peeling off my elbow-length rubber glove and saying, come back in nine months. Uh, well, thankfully, oh, my... Um, thankfully, my... Uh, my uh, meeting with doctors today did not uh, go quite that poorly. Anyway, uh, Jonathan says, at Toronto's exhibition, a guy yelled... Uh, F you, that is a ripoff with a thick Indian accent at a vendor behind him. I walked past the vendor and their sign says smoked turkey leg $30. All I was, uh, all that was missing was I won't, <laughs> I won't pay more than 17 and 50 cents. <laughs> See, I was thinking Indian, not that kind. He's talking about the Raja Mohan kind of Indian. Yeah. No more than seventeen dollar and fifty cents. <laughs> um, knuckle hunky buck at Robin D. Banks. Banksy, I didn't buy you those gloves so you could use them on other people. Mm. I apologize. I didn't know they were uh, specifically for her. Jonathan Prezios wanted to know: Did you guys read my super chat on Wednesday from the Smashing Pumpkins concert? I was drunk. Just wanted to say how much I love you guys. Gay. <laughs> Wish you would bring back the old name. We love you too. Yeah, we read it. Uh, we did, yeah. Um, you you could find that in the replay of the uh, Wednesday show over on the podcast page of the website if you're looking for it. But I, I remember saying uh, I, I, I'm I surprised Smashing Pumpkins are still playing, actually. I That's thought, true. Uh, I don't know. Wow. I guess I just assumed that they were um, that, that they were long past their ability to even do such things. Speaking of bands with Smash in their name. Are you going to talk about Smash Mouth? Because I will slit your throat. Uh, yeah. Did you see that news? What? No. Uh, thank you. Well, I'm glad you made the connection, but the smash mouth guy is on his deathbed. The lead singer. Oh, no, for now smash I feel mouth. bad. What happened to him? Did he get stung by a thousand bees? No, he apparently is uh, succumbing to the final stages of liver failure because he's drank himself into it for the last X amount of years. Oh, geez. He retired from music like I a couple of years ago because he was on stage at some music event and someone pissed him off and he was drunk and he threatened to kill them. Can't remember if we play that on the man after the my own heart. I don't know what to say here. But I did go back when I saw the news today. Um, 
just for the meme's sake, I went and fired up the music video for All Star and had to experience the somebody. You know, I had to had to get the the full Smash Mouth to uh, remember the times of the, I guess, late '90s or whenever that was. God, why is everybody being so gay today? By the way, when you told me what was going on with you today, I was all worried. I was talking to my husband. I was like, ugh, do I care about skag? Gross. And then <laughs> my I husband looked at me. He's like, what is died? wrong with you? <laughs> what? No, I was so worried. I couldn't believe you weren't freaking out. Yeah. Like calling my dad all day. I called him like five times. <laughs> like sending you all the messages from my dad. You know, I, I contemplated because I'm like, well, I know Blonde is probably going to freak out because this is a health issue. So, you know, that's how it is. But also I can't <sighs> like, I can't. Given our working relationship, I can't just like withhold that information and be unclear about what's going on. Yeah, you were telling me not as a friend, but as your business partner. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, this, yeah. Just, this is the worst. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I'm just letting you know in case there's an interruption in our scheduled program. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. who gives a fuck? <laughs> who cares? God. That's the way I'm so annoying. This is a business arrangement. Oh, whatever. Tortuga. I'm so excited for this Japan meetup, Blonde. Sorry to hear about your leg aids, Matt. Thank See, Tortuga, unlike Skag, I'm willing to invest in friendships and personal relationships that happen out of the show. It doesn't have to be a business thing. We can, we can have, hang out. We can be friends. What bullshit? I have friends who I've made through the show. In I'm fact, I, I went to a wedding of one in uh, earlier you? this year. That's yeah. right. So That's I right. will. We do I, periodically I, get wedding invitations from people. I reject these kind of these kinds of allegations. Sorry to hear about your leg aids. That's it's true. He's got leg AIDS. We'll it see. Came from his his ass AIDS. Um, <laughs> yeah. Robin e. Banks at Knucklebuck Hunky Buck. Hey hey hey! You take my name out of your mouth. I've been trying to get our attention for weeks here. You have no idea how miffed I feel. A woman needs attention. Gosh darn it! A woman after my own heart. Ah, thank you, Robin. And uh, we all look forward to the uh, the great uh, Hunky Buck Robin uh, meetup whenever that may be. You guys are gonna bone. Um, Matt, is that an actual X-ray of your leg? Your misunderstanding what the Wednesday color meant by using the thighs instead of penetration. The D isn't actually supposed to enter your thigh. That's how we got deep vein thrombosis. Yeah. You know, I don't um have the. Let me pull up the photo again. I I closed the window, but I did know that now. The reason I grabbed this is just because this is the easiest description of the condition from the Mayo Clinic. So I thought, okay, that's like the easiest example to use so people understand what I'm talking about. But to his point, when you go down and look at uh, the, the the depiction of the clot in the vein, do, uh, do you have that page open? Uh-uh, I can open If you go, go to the sources that I have at the bottom of item one in the notes, just a deep okay. vein thrombosis link. Um, and open that up. It's a Mayo Clinic link. And it is like, why did they make the thrombus, the clot look like a dick and balls. Yeah. It, it really does. Yeah. I, so (laughs) you should write, and actually somebody about that. The valve down below the clot looks like it's perfectly designed to cup said balls. But (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Take it up with the graphic designers at the Mayo clinic. Copyright 2015. I didn't do it. I just grabbed the, the easiest link. To explain the condition, but I agree it is a weird depiction. Ugh, disgusting. General grievance, which do you think is a bigger trigger? The chiggers from Nuga 
Oh, I can't. Or the niggardly rigors. That's, oh my God. That was rough. I did it though. I did it. Yes. If I had a spade and I was a digger, I buried the rigors before the Nuga chiggers. I did it. That was dangerous. He said the N word. Well navigated. Um, yeah, I, it, I, it's been sort of blocked, but I am rocking the uh, the Nuga t-shirt again to celebrate my favorite minor league baseball team, the Chattanooga Lookouts. Chattanooga Lookouts. They don't sell those anymore, right? They got dis- At least Nike eBay? doesn't, but you can still get the graphic. You can still find them, but I think Nike, like the official, officially licensed merchandise of the team, I think is it's no longer made. Uh, Tom Pollen. Yeah. Matt, my younger son's birthday was also yesterday. Happy birthday to both of them. His mom and I are separated and I was able to surprise him with a visit from eight hours away this weekend. Wow. Well, congratulations. Mm-hmm. It's a great day to have a birthday. So happy birthday to your son and your family. And uh, good for you, man. Like, I, I'm sorry to hear about the, the situation, obviously, but you got to maintain relationship with your kids above all else. And it sounds like sounds like you're doing that. So good for you for making the birthday good for your son. Um, Laurel, get tested for hemochromatosis. It's a blood condition where you have too much iron. It will cause your blood to clot. The treatment is to give blood frequently. Hmm. That's true. And it is also uh, pretty common in people of Northern European descent. Yeah, maybe it's something like that. Um, I certainly will go back and get evaluated once this clot clears because I want to know what exactly is going on. They told me today. Are you going to? Yeah. Well, yeah, because... For a bunch of reasons, like to the extent this is a potentially life threatening condition, I want to know what is causing it to the best that I can, because that way I could potentially prevent it. But even um, even though like the likelihood of death is is pretty low or like a serious pulmonary embolism is pretty low, uh, just for the sake of avoiding the pain again, I would very much prefer not to have this happen. I mean, I'm fortunate enough not to have like not to have had experience with devastating injury or like ex- yeah. very, really severe illness. I'm really lucky. So yeah. it's hard for me to say like, how does this pain grade compared to, I don't know. Like, it's not like I got my leg blown off in a war, obviously, or something like that. But it was the worst pain you've ever experienced. I'm telling you, man, like, yeah, it like really excruciating at times, like some of the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. So I don't, I don't want, that to happen again just for the sake of like having a high quality of life and being able to move around like a normal person so i certainly will get that value when i asked them about that today they said um the testing at this point with an active clot will not be reliable you'll have to wait till the clot clears and then we'll get a better picture when you're under kind of a normal condition that sounds like bullshit why would that make a difference because my blood composition right now, for whatever reason, is different. It's it, This can be prompted by things like infection or other conditions, at least as far as I'm aware. I'm not uh, the expert on how the blood behaves But what if you can't get rid of but, all of your clots and then yeah. it, will it just forever mess up the results? I don't think the expectation is that I'm going to have clot forever, that it's supposed to. But it's many clots. How many clots is it? Well, that's the thing. The high guy who gave me the ultrasound didn't really say, like, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about several clots throughout the duration of the leg? Or are we talking about, like, one giant clot? He's like, just uh, like, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. The doctor will be here in a minute. I got I to gotta get out of here. So he didn't really exp- – and I, I didn't see the ultrasound. So I don't even have an image of what this actually looks like. Oh, my God. Yeah. Gag. And it's just in the one leg. 
Just in the one leg, no problem in the left. As a joke, oh. my parents did bring over. It's like my great grandpa or someone, someone way down the line of my family had a cane. And so they have this cane that has been a part of our family for a long time. And they brought the cane to me and canes are kind of dignified. I haven't really been using the cane, but I do. Are you going to beat people with it? <laughs> Just say it's useful, you know? Yeah. So if you I end fuck up. somebody um, up with a cane. If I become a cane user, that's all right. Like uh, I kind of embrace that as I become an old man. Canes are cool. <laughs> I would I would way rather use a cane than like crutches or a wheelchair or something like that. Seriously, you'd rather use a cane than crutches? Yeah, crutches suck. They do hurt your underarm. Yeah, canes And then you get a blood clot in your armpit. Yeah, canes are way better. Moist farts. I guess I can't poke fun at bronze giant rigor nose this week. I'm not sure what you've done to disguise your freakish Lizzo nose, but I don't like it. Nothing. Uh Oh, I hope I'm not going to lose the baby. Um, does your nose have Matt's leg aids, whatever it is, <laughs> cut it out. No, it's big. It's big and red and uh, it's a problem. Um, Arias says, make sure you get genetic testing. There's a recessive gene called heterozygous prothrombin that can cause blood clots without the usual lifestyle factors. That's exactly what I told him today. And he's like, it's cool. Just uh, wait, no, they told me, I, they told me I couldn't right now. And Lies. But I, I'm telling you right now, I will promise I've already promised to my wife, most importantly, but I'll promise to everybody who listens and uh, who authentically cares about my well-being for inexplicable reasons um, that I will go get more extensive test work done as soon as this clock clears. I, I do want to. If you, you know, die, do you know who we're going to have left to listen to that that sits on the fence? Tim Pool. That's it. <laughs> What are we going to do? Uh, well, Tim has uh, accumulated quite the audience, so I think... Uh, you're clearly the the most likable fence sitter of all the fence sitters out there. Uh, I'm going to accept that bizarre. Oh, it's not my concern. Bizarre, my foot. Uh, Knuckle hungry buck. Is Mitch McConnell thinking of running for re-election or resurrection? <laughs> I you, not, uh, hunky buck could write uh, a movie way better than than uh, Spaceballs. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Western Sun, Matt, with your blood clot, it would be worthwhile to have more extensive blood work done looking for clotting disorders. Some inherited clotting disorders are passed on in a recessive pattern. He's made promises that he's going to keep or his wife is going to hopefully nag him to death. Right? Yeah, I'm 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 That's going what I would to do have it done. with my husband. Uh, yeah, I, I I and just yeah, I want to know. I want to know what the hell's going on here and uh not experience this again. So thank you. My for- husband did the same thing when I was pregnant. He had I he was limping around like what the fuck is going on and he pulls up his shorts leg and he has a necrotic black scab <sighs> that has radiated not even joking this far on his thigh I'm like go to the hospital and then he was Spider like oh, bite it was or a, what? it was some kind of cellulitis he got he got a staph infection in his oh. leg and apparently that could uh travel up to your dick just kill your dick just kill it <laughs> I didn't get any warning about uh, dick death today. God, what is wrong with you guys? You guys have families. Well, yeah, but that's uh, that's part of the the evaluation of men. Is like I got shit to do. I don't have time for this. I got shit to do. So we just do the stuff that we're supposed to do until like we actually can't. And when it got to the point that it's like I can't do normal activity, and it's like okay, I guess this is more serious. Cellulitis, yeah. staph infection of the D and B's. It would have been a disaster. Well, it didn't happen. It didn't happen because I, I made know. him go to the hospital. I was like, <laughs> take off your pants. What is going on? Yeah. Oh, God. 
people. All right. Western Sun, I read that one. Not going about the Trump trial can't actually go viral because it's protected by McAfee. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> ah, ah, ha, ha. Uh, clever yeah, there too. Um, uh, McAfee, that McAfee, the virus uh, antivirus software guy. Remember his he weird death? Yeah, it was. A, uh, it was a suicide. A year, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Prezios, this dude is likely a leftist trying to act like he's politically right. As usual, that's why the Rolling Stone has had has it as the paper is usually wait, am I as that paper is usually the avenue for the FBI to put out their fake rumors. That occurred to me as well. But then I was like, this guy's so based. Whose agenda are they really serving? Do I like trannies now? What's happening? Timothy McVeigh does live in our hearts. He's right. The FBI couldn't come up with this. It's too small. Timothy McVeigh killed children. I can't get behind that. Wow. He did cross a line. He did, yeah. Right. I, I love Ted Kaczynski, so I can okay. get on board with He just blew off a few hands, killed some professors. I can get over that. But Timothy McVeigh, he like blew up a, a daycare. Uh yeah, yeah uh, that was well, um Ruby Ridge was also bad, you know? They did some shit. Yeah, I know, but what do those kids do? <laughs> no, I know. Like they deserve I'm to not... die just because they have working moms. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if the feds hadn't pissed him off so much, none of those kids had to die. No, I'm not saying that. No, wait, if you're writing a hit piece, yes, I am. Yeah, I said it. Kids deserve <laughs> to die. Matt Christensen. I'm not going to back um, off it. Yeah. General grievance. Vaughn's great-great-grandmother and my great-great-grandfather once made hate in Canada. Ugh. They thought they found mass graves recently, but our ancestors were amateurs who get caught. That's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, very much appreciate that's an exotic one it is uh 333 tv thanks blonde for the advice on our situation your pep talk got us back on track and we're putting in the work all weekend gross so we won't be able to listen to the entire show tonight hf from california i guess i'm not at liberty to say what we talked about but yeah why is it gross okay because it just involved my advice to them to just have copious amounts of sex Ah, this is some sort of... uh, It was conception-related advice. Got it, yeah. Okay. Well, that's not gross. gross. I think that's delightful. Godspeed. Charming, charming sex. That's what You're the one that advised it. They were talking about how to have a baby, and I was like, well, first, when a man loves a woman... Uh, injured guardian may I rant about Deadwood through future super chats? Y'all are the only fans I know share my belief that David Milch is not perfect. Which one is David Milch? Uh, let me look it up because uh, the name escapes me off the top of my head. Is he the writer? He must be the writer. Yeah. Um, I, well, I don't know. I'm, about Deadwood. I'm a big fan of Deadwood. So I, I like, could I, am I going to be bothered by criticism of it? No, I, I just wish it got a proper conclusion. I think it was for whatever reason, they let it go after the third season. I can't remember exactly how that played out. And then the movie did not, was not, really great closure to what I thought was overall a very good TV series. The movie that came out like 10 years later or whatever that was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. watch the movie. Should I? Um, we did cause we just love Deadwood, but it, I didn't feel like it was on par with the best of the TV show. Everyone's all old by then. And that's the point. Not only are the actors old, but the characters <laughs> are all supposed to be like 20 years in the future or whenever, um, it takes place when South Dakota got statehood, whatever year that is. Mm, I kind of hate that. Like 1880. It might only be like 15 years later because Deadwood takes place in 1876. And then I think there's South Dakota statehood must have been late 1880s. I forget what year, but something like that. 
Bobby C, Matt and all Montanans, Montanoans. Mm. Uh, why would it be Montanoans? Why? I heard that homeless problem yeah. that California has hit Missoula. Have you heard or noticed anything? Else? I don't go to Missoula because that's a town for hippie commies. But uh, I've uh, seen, uh, because we share news stations around here, I've seen reporting uh, from Missoula and it looks pretty bad. And quite frankly, the homeless situation in Bozeman is also pretty bad because there are all kinds of um, local government mechanisms, I would say, uh, to excuse and provide for this sort of situation. Uh, I think that there's been a lot of gestures put in place to incentivize it, quite frankly. And and like I said, the propaganda term on behalf of the local government or local governments and the, uh, the, the local news stations, it's not even homelessness. It's urban camping. There's a lot of urban camping in Missoula and the government of the city government of Missoula is struggling to deal with urban camping. So they're what a considering charming name for homelessness. Yeah. Uh, and we all know the problem with urban camping. It leads to broken swastikas and misspelled N words <laughs> on people's cars. It's very unfortunate. Why is there no E? It's like, at least if you're going to drop a letter, the second N is less important than the E. Hmm. I think, uh, at least in Bozeman too, I'm not saying every bum, but there are certain bums here that are, that are opportunistic career bums. And I think a part of that is because Bozeman has been so attractive to wealthy coastal people who come here recognizing that their leftist delusions have destroyed the place that they came from, which is why they came here, but they still want to live the leftist delusion here in a place that is completely sheltered from its realities and consequences elsewhere. And so they come, but they come here. And one of the things that they do is, you know, much like you're not supposed to feed the wildlife, they feed the hobos. They hand out all all sorts of the hobos. They hand out all sorts of things to the, I don't mean, Food, literally, I mean, they give them cash. And the reason I say this is a business operation is because I see the same hobos at the same places, not just with their their signs about how they're struggling and they need to get to this place that they that they never actually go, despite being <laughs> handed $20 bills uh, daily. Um, is And a lot of them put their kids out as advertisement or, or prop pieces, yeah. which uh, I find well, to be just... I personally think is uh, incredibly wrong. And just so I'm not misunderstood. Now, is it possible that some of these people are just down on their luck and need a little bit of help to get to the place that they're going? It's possible, but I've noticed these people have been here for a very long time and they're also ignoring help wanted signs in a lot of the businesses around town. We have a labor shortage in this town like many others. If you want to work, you will find work. Even if you are a complete degenerate with a criminal record, you will find work in this town. I guarantee you that. So shut up live chat. I, I you know, I meant to say second G. Wait, what are we talking about? Life. No, I said, I said that's less necessary than the second. N. I meant to say second G. Oh, about what are we talking about? The, the guy spray painting the car. They're just roasting me. Fuckers. Well, it was the E though. The N word. You know, I know. what the N word is? E, if you're going to drop a letter, the second G is probably the least important letter. Oh, well, then you run into uh, a Niger kinds of, problem. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen some headlines about Niger because there's some kind of uh, civil conflict or some kind of coup going Except on. The N-word. There was some headline I saw the other day about Niger. I should have saved the headline because I looked at my wife and said, like, read this. It was some combination with that word and something else. Ah, damn it. I should have saved it. It was so funny. It was like th- this, this headline would be banned on Facebook. Uh, if you tried to share it, 
I'll have to see if I can remember it, but I probably won't. Daniel Yeager. You guys catch Tucker Carlson, Adam Kroll interview and the Larry Sinclair allegations. It's mm. in my queue. I haven't watched it yet. What about you? Um, I have not seen that, but I did see the clip of Tucker from that episode saying, um, yeah, Obama probably we had Larry Sinclair, the guy who accused Obama of participating in drug fueled gay sex with him sometime in like the 2006, 2007 era before he became the president during the, during this time, he was still an Illinois state senator or so maybe it was before that because he got to the U.S. Senate before he was president. I, I forget the timeline. Anyway, Larry Sinclair is the guy who held the press conference and said, yeah, Obama's gay. He uh, he asked me to do coke with him and blow him. And I did. And that guy was just treated as a kook. Um, and but you listen to the press conference. I'm not saying that everything he's saying is for sure the truth. But Larry Sinclair has a lot of detailed specific facts in his allegations that if he made it up, he has memorized to a remarkable extent. Um, and then we have the evidence of Obama's uh, letters to his girlfriend that we've discussed recently. You have the curiosities about Michelle Obama, otherwise known as Michael Robinson. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's entirely possible, if not likely that there's some kind of, if if Obama's not outright gay, that there's been some kind of gay behavior in his in his life previously. I uh, I, I don't I don't think Larry Sinclair is completely insane. Larry Sinclair also appeared in one of Dinesh D'Souza's recent movies within the last couple of years. I think it was the Trump card. I don't remember if I watched that one. Uh, it came out, I think, right before the 2020 election. You don't believe <sighs> Larry Sinclair. You believe Obama. Is that what you're saying? No, Obama's a huge fag. Oh, OK. Thank you for speaking for sanity. <laughs> yeah, come on. Uh, Jonathan Prezios. Uh, what's funny with all this global warming nonsense, they banned lead fuel in all engines in the 70s, and they act like they made changes, yet all planes still take leaded fuel because of government red tape. Do they really? I don't know if that's true, but I could believe it. That uh, That seems like a government thing to do, so it's probably correct. Knuckle Hunky Buck. I wonder if the University of Miami is researching the causality of this historic unprecedented hurricane. They might want to start by checking with their athletics program, the Miami Hurricanes. Fair point. Excellent observation. In fact, I think they even have that kind of cyclone looking uh, storm looking logo on their helmets, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Um, you want to read a few? Uh, yeah. Nicholas H says when persuading others, make sure to hack at the subversive root with one hand. While sowing good seeds of hope with the other Asha <laughs> logos. I actually don't know that reference. Who is that person or what is that thing? Uh, it's a YouTuber, right? Uh, looks like a YouTube channel, like a philosophical YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, hack at the subversive root with one hand while sowing good, the good seeds of hope with the other. Not that I, I, at the risk of sounding too presumptuous or whatever. I, I feel like there are elements of that within our show. You know, you're the, you're doing the hacking. I'm trying to do a little bit of seed sowing. But may, I probably need to work on the hacking is, is the correct answer. At this rate, I'm going to have to hack off my own leg anyway, so I can start there. <laughs> uh, Warpig says, love you guys. Thanks for your work with the sanity safe space. Matt, if Texas seceded and the U.S. attempted to take it by force union style, whose side would you be on? Would you help them fight? I think that generally speaking, the balance of power between the federal government and the states has become twisted in favor of the federal government far beyond its original design. 
Um, and I, and even beyond that, like beyond the, the design, the government design component of our founding, I think just as a moral matter, plainly speaking, if there's a club in which you are a member and you're not allowed to leave when you would like to leave, that is called kidnapping. That is called false imprisonment. That's called an otherwise immoral or unlawful way of holding a person captive. And so if the union does not exist on any kind of consensual basis for some of its members, even beyond whatever the legal standard we set is to the extent that you're holding people against their will in an association, there's a moral wrong with that. Now, would I go to Texas to most base thing you've ever said? Would I go? Well, thank you. I do what I can. Um, Would I go to Texas to help them fight? I mean, if it was as simple as that, like Texas wants to leave, the federal government says you're in a club that you can't leave. And th- I don't know. I mean, on principle, sure, I suppose. Like, is that a worthwhile fight to pursue? Yeah. For the same reason, it's for the same reason it'd be a worthwhile fight to pursue if someone was holding you in their house captive. Like, that's not a standard that you can accept. Um, I, the only the reason I'm I'm qualifying a little bit is because, of course, I don't greet a fight like that with any sort of eagerness. It would be my preference to convince these people that to the extent the association is not consensual, we should agree to part ways as for moral correctness, but also for the sake of just peace, not having damage, not fighting each other. That's the only thing I want to clarify with my answer. It's not a fight that I would, um, that I would greet with any eagerness, but but if those are the terms of the fight, I think it's a morally justified fight. Sure. Uh, Matthew James. Oh, the good. Thank you. Um, this was a trap with N words and F words. Thank you for supporting the show. Appreciate it. Uh, free free ball and bear. Matt and I once made the best living with a hereditary blood disorder. Allegedly, the disorder is called factor five laden or Leiden, And very likely the reason you've got the bosis love the show. Well, can I look this up while you carry on with a few chats here so I can see what this sure, is. Who about. was the last one? Here? Factor five Leiden, I guess it's called. Um, yeah. Wait, the next one wait. I have is uh knuckle hunky buck. I don't care if they have to dig holes across every square mile of Canada. It's all worthwhile if they manage to desecrate just one Indian grave. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Hunky Buck. Uh, if you're curious about this particular condition, inherited blood clotting disorder due to a mutation in the blood's factor five protein. So I'll have to read more about it. But it does oh. indeed uh, have an association with or cause the bosis. So it might be something that I have. Oh, you want to do me a solid and keep reading? This? Yeah, Slosher says, uh, I think you didn't like Spaceballs because you didn't see it as a kid or at the time. Master and Commander is a solid guys movie, though. Matt will enjoy the relationship between the captor, captain and the doctor. No homo. Well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll decide that uh, at the end of the day. But <laughs> thank you for thank you for being uh, uh, understanding of our dislike of Spaceballs. I appreciate that. Uh Holden Mulray. And of course, thanks for supporting the show. Holden Mulray says long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Uh, But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created his world. This is the biblical citation is what Hebrews one. It's abbreviated. Mm -hmm. And then my scriptural knowledge is terrible, which is why I'm doing the Bible study starting again in uh, three or four weeks. Uh, Thank you, Holden. 
as always. Russell Dufresne, uh, you both are dead to me. Spaceballs is funny. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree, but uh, well, it's pre- not my concern. I appreciate your support for the show, and I appreciate you voicing your opinion on Spaceballs. Das Pooch says, totally agreed on Spaceballs. It was funny as a kid in oh, the wow. 80s, but it doesn't hold up. Now that just Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Young Frankenstein is the last funny Mel Brooks movie that does. I was not a big I fan like of... the producers. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. Young Frankenstein was all right. It didn't impress me a ton on first watch, but it, Young Frankenstein is better than Spaceballs, for sure. Yes. Uh, Tortuga... Said, Matt, did the doctor walk in and say your chart looks <laughs> looks like you talk like a fag and your shit's all retarded? <laughs> Had to edit for Mohan. Yeah, I don't think I can even play that sounder anymore. In fact, I don't even have it in here because <laughs> Raja Mohan is banned it so many times. I, I wish he would have said that because, you know, you want to talk about like uh, the male resistance to medical treatment. And I, I'm you, to be completely honest, you do have a point about that. Like, is there a resistance to seek medical attention when I should, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I think part of that is sort of a natural male inclination Inclination that's like, I'm fine, I'll walk it off. The other part of it, I will say, though, um, has been really hardened in me over the last three years. And even now, like I said, just walking in and seeing these weird NPC masked faces trying to tell me what's wrong with me, it just pissed me off. You know what I mean? Like, I see the mask... And again, maybe that's normal in the ER. ER personnel can tell me. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But I know not everyone at the urgent care clinic was wearing the masks. Only the select few people who talked to me were. So I think it was optional. And anytime I see a person with a masked face telling me what I should do, I just have a reflexive response just in my, not even in my mind, just like in, in the core of my being that that person should shut the fuck up and get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's partly that, too. Where it's like, I don't care what you say because I know that you would pump me full of the vaccine if you had your way. So whatever you That's think, true, no. But, but it sucks because there are situations, as you've discovered, where you uh, need medical help. Yeah, and uh, the, to the point, you have to maintain... Uh, yeah, you know, an open mind and critical thinking capacity to evaluate each case that comes before you on its own, even if some dumbass masked face tells you what you need to do. The dumbass masked faces were mostly right in this case, with the exception of, you know, giving me a prescription in Washington State and <laughs> telling me that I'm a pregnant woman with a DVT and the rest of it. But and telling me that I was wrong when, in fact, I wasn't. They got I th- I think they're right in their uh in the medication that they're giving me and their their uh, advice for my behavior for the next few weeks. They're probably right about that. Ugh, what a nightmare, dude. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck, he's, he's got a series of them tonight. Blonde's husband's staph infection almost became a staph infection, S-T-A-F-F. Thank you for your uh, support for the show, of course. Very much appreciated. I am not going to be niggardly. I think uh, I need to refresh here. So uh, knuckle hunky buck. Did you read this Pentagon one? No. If they have, a, if yeah. they have a daycare at the Pentagon, does that make it a not valid target for someone who opposes the military? Mm. Yeah. You can't kill kids. We can't kill kids. Well, um, not that I'm saying this is what they're doing at the Pentagon, because I grant that there are staff at the Pentagon who have need for childcare. 
But it does raise the interesting scenario in which someone who is a criminal or a terrorist or whatever kind of bad guy just sort of grabs a kid as a hostage in order to protect themselves from, um, you know, a justified use of, of force to apprehend That's them true. or to take yeah. them out. I don't know. It, it, it's a very interesting moral question. It's like if you knew that a hundred terrorists who had bombed your country and killed a thousand people were holed up in this particular bunker and they had like 10 kids in there. Yeah. Do you press the button to take them out when there's no doubt about their guilt in the attack that they committed? This is against why you? women can't make decisions because I just well, never. Um, I don't even I don't even know if it's as simple as that. Like, of course, I grant the premise that 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 life has value in particular. Innocent life has to be protected or else. What are we doing morally? Um, I guess what I'm wor- wary about is. If the situation is that any bad guy can just like grab a child meat shield to protect himself from the administration of justice whenever he wants, that's a that itself is a danger to life as well, to the extent that that person is probably going to go to continue attacking and killing people in the way that they already have. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is this is the I wouldn't say rare because that sounds insulting, but this is the other side of the hunky buck chat. This is not your. Your typical rimshot one-liner. This is your deep philosophical stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Long Don John, yo, my baby mama Laquisha was getting me a forty and some fried chicken when the popo shot her ass dead, but she didn't do nothing but be driving while black and she, she with my soft a soft a George now rest in peace and shit. This be all crazy crack of cops fault. Is that what happened in this Ohio situation? Something or are you like just that. talking it's not more against generally. the law, oh, fuck you. I think that's audio from the scene. It is. Yeah. I got to refresh. I think that might be the last one. Uh, Injured Guardian said, Deadwood Season 1, Episode 6, the killing of Seth's horse, uh, horse is idiotic. No man there and then would harm a horse, its transportation, utility, and help. To a Sioux, uh, as in an Indian, the horse would be all of those plus status, money, and food. I can't remember the exact circumstances of how he killed the horse. I remember he had that fight with that Indian... Um, but how did the horse die? It's been several years since I watched it. I'll have to go back. But there was a lot of stuff. Either. In, a lot of the stuff in the portrayal of Seth Bullock was, um, if not ridiculous in premise in the way you're describing, ahistorical in concept. Like this whole thing where mm-hmm. he his his brother's widow showed up with a kid, but then he marries his brother's wife and right, right, like that, right. none of that was true to the real Seth Bullock. So they just kind of made up a lot of stuff that uh, that did not apply to him. And to be honest, um, as far as my love of the show, it's it's not exclusively um, Ian McShane as Al Swearingen, but it's like 90 percent. It's 90 percent. Yeah, That's everybody's Bullock love of the show is kind of annoying. He's kind of an overacted character who's yeah. like pretending to be pissed off all the time. I have never agreed with you more. And Anna Gunn uh, is just way too pointy. I can't look at a woman that pointy. So yeah, she is. Yeah. Uh, I thought you would defend her. Uh, her chiseled. Nordic. Wait, is she the manjaw one? No deal. Um, who? But the other character and all the other characters I love are are Al Swearingen adjacent, like Wu, the Chinese mm-hmm. immigrant guy. He's yeah. just like, and, and all of Al's kind of assistant guys are great too, but it's just because the show is driven by Al. Without Al, there is no show, and all the other yeah. stuff is just kind of there to the extent that it, it supports him. 
You don't have to tell me. I'm just trying to justify to Injured Guardian why they made Seth's story so stupid. Long Don John said, oh, this is the one that you read. That thank- Thankfully, it's in Ebonics and I don't have to read it. I think we're uh, we're all set on that. All right. Uh, looks good on DLive. Thank you guys over there. It looks good on Odyssey. And again, my apology to the Rumble crowd. Um, I, it probably was as simple as I did not copy the information that sends it to Rumble correctly because... I'm an idiot with a leg that's about to fall off or something like that. So I will do my best to be more diligent about that for future streams. And I don't, cause I don't want to miss him on rumble. Rumble has been um, really, it's, it's been really cool to see rumble grow as the most viable platform away from YouTube. And so it does, um, you know, I, I don't like to see it when streams are missed over on rumble. And I apologize for that. And I'll do my best to make sure it doesn't happen again in the future. But if you're a rumble viewer or you want to, you missed part of the show and you want to watch it later on rumble, as soon as we're done, I will, Upload the show to Rumble and it'll be available on demand. Anyway, anything else before we get the hell out of here? No, thanks for joining us, guys. All right. Well, that'll do it. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Hope everybody has a great holiday weekend. And um, thanks for being extra gracious with, uh, you know, whatever whatever leg aids I have endured throughout the week and weekend. I look forward to coming back next weekend with a leg of normal size that's not grotesquely swollen and sore. Um, as a reminder, no Wednesday show this week, but we will be back next Sunday. And uh, we'll just have the one Wednesday show on the 13th this week. But if, you, uh, if you're if you looking for anything show-related, you want to listen back to the show, you want to catch more of the show, find uh, some other material to listen to, head on over to the website, of course, mattchristiansonmedia.com or mattis.gay. You'll find everything show-related. Uh, other than that, we will be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, or I guess Kristen Welker, who's set to take over the show very soon. If it's Sunday, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Okay.